to the blind man, it's down to the left child. We will survive in this time to run in this. Swimming through the waters of Babylon like a rebel fish. Jogging is specialist, predatory and survivalist. Spitting heaven, fire from his lips. Burn a slave driver. Welcome listeners to Time for an Awakening on Black Talk Radio Network, new media for the new millennia. This is a history and current events program from a cultural perspective. We find this program necessary because Hosea 4.6 states my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. But we as a people will turn this around. Proverbs 4.7 states wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. Though all that getting, get an understanding. Again, welcome to the program this evening with your host, Brother Elliot and Brother Richard. The number to reach us to join the conversation this evening is 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. We're streaming live at several locations. You can go to timeforanawakening.com, which is the homepage and catch the live stream. At that location, you can go to www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. Again, that's www.blacktalkradionetwork.com forward slash time for an awakening. It gets a live stream there also. You can go to bb2me.com. That's A-B-I-B-I-T-U-M-I.com forward slash time for an awakening. The live stream ought to be playing there. Or you can download the TuneIn radio app to any of your devices. TuneIn is a free app. In the TuneIn search engine, just type in Time for an Awakening. There you'll see the icon, and you can stream the program live, even into your car if you had the Bluetooth capabilities or the auxiliary connection. Again, it's Time for an Awakening radio program with a live stream on the TuneIn app. Drop us an email at timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Again, that's timeforanawakening at gmail.com. Time for an Awakening also has a fan page on Facebook, and at Facebook search engine, just type in Time for an Awakening radio program. They always see interesting content being posted daily by myself or Brother Richard. And do me a favor, before you leave that page, just hit that like button. That's Time for an Awakening Radio Program with the fan page on Facebook. And Time for an Awakening Media is also there. Always full of the latest podcasts of the various programs on Time for an Awakening Media. Interesting articles that you can read, download at later times, and share with your friends. Also check out that Time for an Awakening Marketplace in our partnership with the bb 2 Me. Always interesting things in the marketplace all the time. Various African language classes, classes on education, economics, social systems, health, and much, much more being taught by professors on both the continent and in the diaspora. So again, make that one of your favorites. Put it in your address bar. That's timeforanawakening.com. Timeforanawakening.com will take you straight to Time for an Awakening Media. It's 8.08 here in the city of Philadelphia on this uh, rainy Sunday evening, we're in the Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening, October the 2nd, 2022. Our guest this evening in conversation will be author, psychologist, Dr. Jerome Fox. Uh, we'll be looking into the, the movie that's out, The uh, and it, it's, it's, uh, the, the program is entitled Decoding the Woman King. Dr. Fox will give his perspective. Oh, I'm sorry, perspectives and analysis on this movie, and we'll talk about it 
you can get involved in the conversation. There's a lot of people talking about it on social media in different spaces, uh, in my place of business. So it's a topic of conversation. And I think that, uh, it would be good for us to go into it. We'll be right back to get the program started after a brief word from our sponsors. Mr. Moderator, our distinguished guests, brothers and sisters, our friends and, and our enemies. <laughs> Everybody is here. You are listening to Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts or live programming, hit them up at timeforanawakening.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American owned and operated insurance agency in business for over 20 years, located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowners insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services, representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies, offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 21- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. Dooley Brothers, specializing in shingle, rubber roofs, gutters, downspouts, and vinyl sidings. Call for your free estimate today, 215-224-3882. That's 215-224-3882. Dooley Brothers Roofing, the roofing experts you can trust. That number again, 215-224-3882. 215-224-3882. Before your roof becomes unruly, call Dooley. RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter, serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. Overworked, suffering with an underperforming company, headache customer, staff, or vendors, or are you a startup who wants to get it right the first time and avoid the costly mistakes? We turned a $24,000 a year odd job handyman service into a seven-figure high-end custom home builder and commercial contractor licensed and operating in three states. This is just one transformation created for entrepreneurs like you in various industries around the country. Not what you're used to from accounting and business consulting? Well, welcome to New Business Solutions. If you're ready to go beyond advising, coaching, and training and get implemented results, call 301-244-9072. Let New Business Solutions apply the best comprehensive administrative accounting, operations, human resources, management, sales, and marketing to help you actualize your vision for yourself and your company. From anywhere nationally, call 301-244-9072. Spelled new as in numerous on your device right now. Book your free consultation at newbusinesssolutions.com. History is a clock that people use to tell their political and cultural time of day. It is also a compass that people use to find themselves on the map of human 
geography. History tells of people where they have been and what they have been, where they are and what they are. Most important, history tells a people where they still must go, what they still must be. The relationship of history to the people is the same as the relationship of a mother to her child. From antiquity to the present, our people need to develop a new paradigm. It's time for an awakening with your host, Brother Elliot. Sundays, 7 p.m., Fridays at 8 p.m. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit us up at Time for an Awakening at gmail.com. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening at 713 here in the city of Philadelphia on this Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening. Before we get started with our program this evening, I want to welcome in my co-host, Philadelphia activist and tour guide at the African American Museum here in Philadelphia at 7th and Art Street. Brother Richard is with us. Brother Richard. Yes, sir, Brother Ellie. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing all right. I, you know, the rain is keeping, at least keeping me in. So that's, I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, the chill is coming and that's a bad thing. But, I, you know, Elliot, I am, um, I am looking forward to, you know, having this discussion with Dr. Fox around, um, you know, this, this film and, and, and the two contexts that I guess I, I'm wrestling with with myself, um, films as propaganda and then, you know, with um, Dr. Fox um, focusing on in, in relationship films possibly being a part of of the a, a one tool in the um, process of liberating our mind. And I'm just wondering, you know, as this discussion go on, whether the woman king, um, what side does it fall on? Um, and, you know, so I'm looking and, and this series of decoding the woman king. Um, what side, you know, how do we um, view it in assisting us in um, freeing our mind um, or, you know, get making us mentally healthy by being in our, you know, centered in our own self? Well, it should be an interesting discussion, uh, Richard. Uh, you know, you, you, uh, you move around a lot and you hear a lot of people talking about it. Uh, in my place of business, people have talked about it. So I, I think it's a, uh, a good discussion to have for people that have seen it, uh, look at the movie and discuss aspects of the movie, uh, and, and, and look at it and see whether it comes up, like you said, Richard, as a, a propaganda tool or for what purposes this being brought out now. Is there an agenda mm-hmm. behind it? Is there a hidden agenda? Uh, these things need to be discussed. If you're going to discuss a movie, uh, anything that they put out there, discuss uh, the meanings behind it, what you get out of it, the hidden meanings that you think that they might be bringing up. Everything needs to be flipped over, turned around, discussed uh, from that vantage point. Uh, let's go in then. I think this is uh, Dr. Fox here. Is it Richard? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, I guess this evening uh, to, to go further into this topic is author, psychologist, Dr. Jerome Fox. Dr. Fox, is this you? Yes, it is. Good evening. <laughs> How are you, sir? Yes. How you doing now? It's been a while. It's good to have you back on time for an awakening. All right. Thank you for having me. Dr. Fox, uh, let's get right into it. Um, the movie, The Woman King, I, I know that you saw it. And mm-hmm. probably in your travels, there's a lot of people talking about it. And I know that um, 
when you talk about it, you're talking about it from, from the perspective of your book, Addicted to White, The Correct. Oppressed in League with the Oppressor. Um, let's, let's, let's get right into it. Uh, talk, talk about, before you talk about some of the things that you didn't like in reference to the movie, talk about some of the things that you found interesting or that you, I guess for lack of a better term, liked in reference to the movie. Well, let, let me uh, begin with uh, um, responding, if I may, uh, to something that uh, Richard just said. Okay. Um, I hope I remember uh, uh, what he said accurately, but um, he said something to be affected about, you know, how does this and perhaps other things uh, fit into our armamentarium in terms of fighting for our liberation, uh, is are our movies or is this particular movie a tool for conducting that um, fight? I wanted to say that ideally, um, a tool that's effective in our fight for liberation would have to be completely controlled by us, uh, completely made. Hello. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, I thought I heard a little click there. No. Completely made, manufactured, and wielded by us. That's ideally. Um, I think so. Sometimes we have too high expectations um, for our enemy, for our white enemies. Um, as I say, I guess in my preface, that we, we will remain um, at risk as long as we depend upon white folk for our sustenance, for our clothing, for our health care, as we see uh, uh, with the situation um, in Florida, um, nothing new that the black communities are the last to be addressed and rescued. Um, as long as we rely on them for rescue, for, for health, for education and even for building up our sense of um, of, of a healthy sense of who we are as an African people. As long as we rely on our enemy to do that, which is really nonsensical, we will remain at peril, at risk. Um, and so I think we need to begin with that as 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 the sort of um, grounding for this conversation. Uh, white Hollywood will never give uh, black communities what we deserve. Uh, black people deserve quality stories projected on both the big screen and the small screen, which validate a variety of black thought and scholarship in equal measures of, I guess, authenticity and power. Um, uh, but this forked tongue society is always talking about um, inclusiveness and diversity. Well, I ask, why, why exclude from their roster of greenlit Hollywood projects um, black characters who demonstrate how to battle oppression and win, most importantly, win, and win with integrity, not criminality, 
We've seen the, you know, black exploitation films of, you know, people, you know, through through criminal activities somehow getting, you know, a, a, a bucket of money and retiring in some island um, with the cops still searching for them. I'm not talking about that. We need uh, this thing, us battling oppression and winning with, with integrity. Uh, once again, not criminality and not by whitewashing our African identity, culture, um, Western uh, set of values. Um, we don't really win under those conditions. They just reinforce the um, stereotypical, uh, 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 you know, black person that they've always shown on these screens. So once again, we need to see us winning and winning with integrity. Our authentic selves and legitimate distaste for, um, you know, for our enemy and opposition to oppression is undervalued in real life uh, we're too afraid to talk about our opposition, particularly when we get positions with white corporations, be it as uh, so-called political uh, pundits on MSNBC or as newscasters or whatever. Um, our distaste, our legitimate distaste uh, for our oppressors and an opposition to oppression is undervalued. Um, and therefore is unrepresented in the fantasy arts as well. Nevertheless, I would say that the fantasy arts ought to provide opportunities for black audiences to challenge themselves and, lead, and learn really vicariously how to be better, fight evil in and around us harder, and win not lose because it's fantasy we we need to win always win um win the fight to forsake the white value system disorder that dictates our oppression as well as our dysfunctional response to the same all on an entertaining and digestible platform so that's what we need but here again we have to lower our expectations when it when it comes to relying on our enemy to give us these things. Uh, they're not going to. So the best we can do is carve out whatever victories, whatever perhaps little victories uh, we can from what is presented, from what what we do now have. Um, and from that perspective, we do have black people who are writing scripts, who are insisting. Uh, this particular movie, The Woman King, um, it was difficult to get it green lit in Hollywood, as one might imagine. That, that shouldn't surprise anyone. Um, but in order to do so, in order to let me say intercourse with with our enemy, uh, we realize that there's always an ethnic sacrifice, and it's always obviously on our part. 
we don't get, in other words, everything that we should or, or would need to in order to, uh, to present the ideal best product. So because we're dependent upon them, we don't own our own Hollywood, um, we get what we can from them and try to use it to the best of our ability and and helping our people. And the one thing that I did like about this, to address your question more directly, I did like about this movie, it's very simple, I don't need to talk long about it, is that it presents us winning, fighting and winning. Uh, there was a movie years ago uh, about the Detroit riots, I believe, and I, that's, the movie might have even been called Detroit. And, of course, if, if you know the history of what went down in that town in the 60s, uh, basically some people were picked up and um, during the rioting and, and were put on trial, and they lost. And I thought as I watched that movie, um, I don't need to see this. Uh, if you're going to make a movie about um, um, black folks struggling um, with white oppressors and set it and put it in the setting of the 60s, let's really um, use our imagination and make us win, even though that we know historically some of those battles we did not win. But for the sake of building up our psyche, uh, we need to see ourselves winning. Um, so that's the one uh, um, a thing that I did like about this, um, and, and obviously some other things. Um, but I have to begin with the premise, is this movie dealing with us fighting oppression um, and winning, which it is? Richard? You know, um, and, you know, as I am, am viewing the film, I, you know, I, I did walk away um, with uh, a positive sense. And so um, at the same time, and, and, and this is something I bring to the film, and I think you, you outlined it, you know, Dr. Fox, in relationship to um, how we should be, um, what would be a total sense of immersion, I'm going to call it, um, when we see that we control the total production supply chain and, you know, in, in the creative aspect and then the actual visual impact on, on uh, us as black folks. So I, I came out um, enjoying it um, because of, of the elements that were in it. But I wanted to, um, you know, because your, your, your book manual is addressing how we should address our our minds, I want um, our minds in, as a liberating um, activity. My, my question, first question, I guess, is, you know, let's look at, I wanted you to, you know, state about the impact, as you see it, of movies in general on our mind. I think that that's important for us to understand that movies do have an impact, regardless of what side, um, what particular product is produced and how we feel about it. But from right. the, from the perspective of your, your book and the perspective as mm -hmm. a psychologist, how, what is the impact of movies on our mind? Well, as I say early on in my book on page six, as a matter of fact, when I'm talking about our inability to um, really be free enough to address 
our uh, issues uh, properly. I, I say I, I'm, at this point I'm talking about um, um, uh, black, um, um, even when black neighborhoods and cities with uh, black mayors, black police commissioners, black school superintendents, black district attorneys, um, and or black state's attorneys, uh, even with all, all that in place, we still remained in the grip of corporate exploitation and Gestapo pol- uh, policing. I say that these uh, black functionaries, as I refer to them, despite their ethnic link uh, to the hood, are unable to escape the smothering embrace of their bureaucracies and th- thus become shills for the climate-proof and color-resistant structures of white supremacy. Um, And then I go on to say that, interestingly, the lingering lore of the 1939 motion picture, Gone with the the Wind, is another perhaps more subtle witness to the resilience of white supremacy in America, as its uh, perennial popularity represents an um, irrepressible habit of praising the Confederate dead, metaphorically, racist white Americans, single credo and driving force behind every subtle and overt effort to take their country back uh, to the antebellum good old days when labor costs were at their lowest and uh, gratification of white folks' superiority complex was at its highest, and I sort of end that whole um, discussion um, with, with the idea that the mind-warping power of American cinema uh, makes it one of today's most effective global colonizers, and we have ample evidence uh, um, for uh, for that um, uh, conclusion. Uh, just based on the movies that our brains have been subjected to here in 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 America and really across the world. Um, um, on page seventy one of the book, I talk about uh, this more or, um, uh, at more at length. Um, I, I say that begin with sort of criticizing the black actors and people who are involved in uh, Hollywood uh, wanting to be um, pat on the back by their uh, so-called peers. Uh, it's almost unbearable to see the accomplished people groveling and, and praying uh, for the nod of an industry that has played the leading role in the psychological pro, uh, uh, pogrom or um, uh, just all-out assault of African people. Um, Indeed, white oppressors have had at their disposal no greater weapon than the burlesque of Africans in the entertainment media, from the rapists, buffoons, and D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation, and the jungle boogeyman in Target, and Tarzan, rather, uh, to the chauffeur and driving Miss Daisy, um, Hollywood's white racist moguls, both assimilationist white Jews and their Gentile counterparts, have stalked the self-esteem and group preservation 
instincts of Africans with Hitlerian resolve. Even the 1930 Hayes Production Code, uh, despite its stated quest for a moral cinematic universe, served only to reinforce the war on black minds, squeezing into a single cinematic straitjacket, a standard stock of overweight mammies, Uncle Toms, buckwheat, piccaninnies, coons, imbecilic step-and-fetches, helpless aborigines, second bananas, singing, dancing slaves, sex objects, magical Negroes, angry black birds, brutes, criminals, uh, mandatorily crazed grievance nursing threats to humanity, i.e. white supremacy, what I call who or white hero, hero only worshipers, and nowadays uh, a non-avenging entente with white racist seeking black superhero, that being um, Black Panther. Um, Hollywood's white scriptwriters and executives have been all too eager to lambast or cunningly placate black people uh, while ignoring the architects of black misery. Uh, given their self-serving preoccupation with Hitler as the embodiment of evil, uh, white Hollywood's writers and executives have carefully avoided scripting the perfect villains themselves foremost along with fellow white oppressors who for centuries have exploited, brutalized, and degraded black people everywhere in the world. And Truth Hollywood has never produced a preeminent movie to show the depth of depravity plumbed by white oppressors in search of ever more barbaric methods of intimidating and killing black people. Not 12 Years of a Slave, and certainly not Marvel Studios' Black Panther. Uh, and then I go and ask, why, then why don't we reject this nonsense? But, of course, we let know me, it's because we are addicted to white. Let me, um, ask, you, let me ask you this. But, let me, before you go on, let me ask you this then. So, because I do hear people saying this. Um, and if, if I understood, you know, the, the passage that you just went through, um, in relationship to Hollywood film, in relationship to Viola Davis, her husband, and the, and I was looking for the name of the um, producer, um, um, the woman, the black woman. Mm-hmm, who, mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember her name either. Um, so would are you also would they be because people are praising them? Um, she is also. Yes, pra- I praise her too. Um, go ahead. Praising herself in relationship to. Um, being able to take and produce um, this particular film, um, you know, Woman King, mm-hmm. and having the, I guess, control. So I, I guess what I'm asking is... A measure of control, by the way, but right. go ahead. How, are, are we to, um, in what you just characterized, are we to lump um, or at least um, put her in the context of... Um, as a, a a producer and and one who was a part of that in the same context of those set blacks who were engaged in producing these films that um, really Hollywood is only using to service their best interests. Well, so, remember so how, how I began, that? and I purposefully began that way by stating that ideally, with an L on the end, 
we will not be able to produce, uh, certainly not on a regular basis, the kind of mind-shaping, positive mind-shaping uh, um, uh, imagery on the on any screen, big or small, TV or movie, a uh, movie is without having complete and total control over that process. But I said at the same time, basically, we have to be realistic. We don't have that kind of complete control. So we have to find ways to promote our agenda uh, the best way we can within the constraints of this um, white control Hollywood um, um, movie-making machine. And the reason why I would praise um, um, uh, um, Viola and then the people involved is because I believe that that's exactly what they did. Um, they took what we have and made the best out of it that they could in terms of per, uh, um, presenting to us as a people a message that I think goes a long way or could go a long way to bolstering our con our self uh, concept. Um, now, a lot depends on wh what you, as a person, black person, uh, step into the theater with. If you have a sense, I think you're you're better able to um, sort out um, essentials from non-essentials, good from bad. When you when you already have in your head. Um, a sense of what we need as a people. When you know the problem of addiction to white, um, you've done some of your own homework in detoxifying uh, from this white value system. I believe you're in a better position to go. You're less vulnerable to the other messages not so positive that all those movies will carry. Um, and there are other messages in this movie that I'm sure I don't, um, um, uh, I'm not involved in any kind of social media, uh, but I'm sure that people who are critical of the film probably have pointed out, uh, um, you know, black folk cooperating uh, uh, with the whole uh, um, um, captivity, what I call captivity, most people call slavery, industry, um, and what, uh, what kind of effect perhaps that might have on our efforts to um, uh, uh, get reparations. I even heard on a uh, uh, one of the TV pundit shows that um, asking uh, one of the uh, black hosts, as a matter of fact, asking should um, black people therefore be uh, requesting reparations from African nations who sold us to the um, Americas. And as one of the professors, I think from Princeton, on that particular segment, um, said who who's a descendant from the Dahomey people. That, but if you look at around the world, African um, um, uh, the people who were uh, captive and sent um, places throughout the world, Western um, um, sites throughout the world, um, those Western sites and countries um, benefited from African labor, free African labor. Uh, um, slavery did not benefit the African continent. Uh, you may have had a few, you know, chiefs or kings or whatever um, put some money in their pocket, but as a whole, um, um, certainly unlike 
America, for instance, or the United Snakes of America, uh, um, Africa has been under a steady drain of its resources, be it human or otherwise, for a millennium, upon millennium now. So uh, that trade did not benefit as the uh, brother, the professor from, uh, um, well, now I believe teaching at Princeton, but uh, from uh, Dahomey, that area, um, pointed out. So there's not, here again, I always have to be careful about these fake and false equivalencies that our enemies promote to excuse their own behavior. We don't need to fall into that. Um, um, so what you get out of a film like this that was pretty much controlled, you know, written and produced, uh, but still had the big Hollywood uh, machinery, you know, the distribution machinery, et cetera, uh, um, to, for the funds to, to get that message to us. And by doing so, probably had to put some things in there that uh, uh, perhaps we don't need to see or deal with. Uh, but they did the best uh, that they could. Uh, an instance of that as well, people were all uh, um, excited about um, on Black Panther. But I noticed that, uh, you know, at the end, and I think I said this to you privately, that the thing that killed whatever enthusiasm I could have had for that is the very end where you see um, uh, the Black Panther at one of these United Nations at the very end um, 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 convocations promising to share uh, basically with the white world the advanced weaponry and and scientific knowledge that our people had in, in that fantasy uh, Wakanda land. And I'm thinking, here we go again. But I'm, I, I thought to myself, um, without that ending, probably more uh, of our white enemies would have been upset by the movie. So they had to put some kind of, uh, um, they had to placate their anxiety that black people are contemplating getting them. Uh, uh, for what they've done. Uh, uh, you constantly have to assuage uh, crackers uh, or white, pers- uh, white people's, racist white people's um, fears about us coming together and really um, taking care of business in terms of resting from their um, cold hands uh, the you know the, the 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 freedoms and prosperity that we should have had at all this time, uh, so they have to put in those kinds of concessions. Uh, but for me, for that particular movie, that 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 completely spoiled it. Why the hell are you going to get uh, your weaponry to the uh, to the same people, your advanced weaponry to the same people that you know will use it to conquer you? Um, uh, we didn't. Ha- I didn't have that kind of conflict with the woman king. There was no, you know, no message that you know we're handing our our lives over to these darn um, 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 monsters. Uh, 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 in fact, quite the opposite. We're fighting to the death, even going against our own king to get. You know, like no soldier left behind as the uh, Marines and other parts of this nation's uh, military say. Um, uh, the woman was serious about leaving none of 
her people behind and going to get them. Very good messages. Um, but anyway, you know, um, Elliot, you you had in relationship to messages and and um, putting things in the in 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 there. I know you had um, some um, I'm gonna call it challenges um, about imagery, and uh, and I was wondering, um, you know, with Dr. Fox here. Um, what was his view in relationship to that? I, I don't know if you would want to share that or, um, you know, use this opportunity to, for you to, um, you know, also engage, you know, around this this film. You know, let, let, um, I want to raise uh, some things with Dr. Fox, and and we'll be raising this when we bring some historians on here on on the uh, this series where we're talking about this. But I'm gonna refer back to. Uh, the the uh, self understanding in, in in your book, Doctor Fox, mm-hmm. on page forty one, and it mm-hmm. mentions four things here: to explain the nature and conduct of the white oppressor, to confront the cost of white value dependency to African collective well being, to cease defining self and reality based on beliefs and labels supplied by white oppressors, and to commit this stepwise process to recovering from white value dependency. Now, right below that, the, and you got the facilitators should remember to keep the focus of the group discussion on the theme of recovering from white values. Now, the two things that I, I want to mention in reference to the film, um, if you're looking at me seeing the film, and if you're looking at the, the aesthetics uh, the beauty of the continent and things like that. I think it was cinematically well done. The overall theme of the movie was slavery. That was basically the overall theme of the movie. Slavery. But if you notice, and some of our people have been talking about that, just from that aspect of slavery and Africans being involved in the slave trade. But if you look at that uh, uh, truth of the theme of the movie being slavery, the main perpetrators was never really shown in the movie. You know, they were kind of like characters that came and went. You really didn't see Europeans in the movie. But they were the main perpetrators of slavery in the respect of let, let me let me add two things to this discussion um that I, I want to try to try to drive home one is a statement from uh the history department in Yale and it talks about what is a slave society and the practice of slavery in a global perspective now check this out and I want the listening audience to hear it clear I guess, again, this is from the Yale uh, 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 Education Department, History Department. It says the practice of slavery has been common across a variety of cultures around the globe throughout history. Despite the multiplicity of slavery's manifestations, many scholars have used a simple binary to categorize slaveholding groups as either genuine slave societies or societies with slaves. Mm-hmm. This dichotomy, as originally 
proposed by historian Moses Finney assumes that they were just five genuine slave societies in all human history, ancient Greece and Rome and the colonial Caribbean, Brazil, and the American South. This demonstrates that the uh, the catalog of five must be explained and that the model may, may need to be replaced with a more flexible system that emphasizes the notion of intensification. This issue is approached as a question to allow debate between this, the contributors. Well, let me stop there. It talks about the five genuine slave societies, Greek, Rome, the Caribbean, Brazil, and the American South. Now, it's a common thread between those civilizations. That common thread is Europeans. Now, let me read this statement that was made in the Atlantic by Tadahisi Coates. Uh, I'll read a couple of paragraphs of what he wrote here. He says, I've repeatedly used the term slave society to distinguish the antebellum South from societies where slavery was practiced. The practice of slavery has developed in virtually every civilization known to man. Slave societies, on the other hand, are considerably rare. What do we mean when we use the phrase slave society? Essentially, it means any society where slave labor where the definition of labor, where the definition of the relationship between ownership and labor is defined by slavery, by a cradle to the grave, and some would even say a cradle to grave and beyond human bondage, where slavery affected everything about society, where whites, blacks, in this case, in America, in a racialized slavery system, grew up, were socialized by, married, reared children, worked, invested in, and conceived of the idea of being property and honed their most basic habits and values under the influence of a system that said it had just, excuse me, of a system that said it was just to own people as property. Other slave societies in human er- in human history, um, there have been excuse me, there have been other slave societies in human history, but the other great slave societies in human history, where the whole social structure of those societies was rooted in slavery, were ancient Greece and Rome. Certainly, Brazil by the eighteenth and nineteenth centuries, the whole Caribbean. And the uh, West Indies, sugar-producing empires of France, the British, the Dutch, the Spanish, and others, and the American South. Now, there were other localized slave uh, societies, which was in Africa. But to a certain degree, even Europeans arrived, and certainly the Europeans uh, brought a regularization of the slave trade. Now, it talks about the Muslim influence there also, but I'm talking about the aspect of a slave society. When Europeans came to the continent 
and use conflict between different nations of people that has always been almost since man has been here and used it to their advantage and used it because they were going in areas where they needed labor, especially after they went to South America and other places, supposedly be discovering these places and found that the people that they intended to use as slaves were dying because they were exposed to different diseases and all that they were not familiar with. Then they needed a human resource, people that they could use as chattel slaves. And they used those conflicts between people to develop a steady stream of people. In the, in the beginning of the, uh, the woman king, it's a statement that's made. And it, it says, uh, the royal people have, has new guns and horses. And they used it to wage war on the Dahomey. You, you remember that statement, uh, Richard and Dr. Mm-hmm. Fox? Yeah. Yes. The thing is, if you don't know anything about what's going on, then you just, you know, you, you're ready to go into the movie and just follow the script, so to speak. But where did these guns come from? Guns weren't native. To, Africans didn't create guns. They were brought there. Right. And they were brought there by Europeans. Now, they were initially brought there to, according to history, when the Abyssinians was fighting uh, another group of uh, nation of people, and I, I, I will go into this when historians come, the weapons were introduced by the Portuguese in order to gain a strategic advantage on the continent. And then the, the, uh, the Arabs that had went throughout Northern Africa used those weapons to conquer other areas. But you had uh, systems in Western Africa and certain areas that were still at odds with a lot of the the uh, black Arabs or yeah, blacks that had been Arabs. converted mm-hmm. to Islam. Mm-hmm. But the, when the Europeans came in, they used that as a strategic advantage to mm-hmm. give certain people weapons, flintlock guns and things of that nature, and others still had traditional weapons, uh, uh, knives, uh, 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 longer spears and others. But you know, I I I, I would want to insert this that um, that movie is not designed. No movie, as I said earlier, from Hollywood, um, unless we form our own kind of you know counterpart to the Hollywood, it will ever be designed to give that depth of of history. Oh, I know I that. Would dis- I would disagree with the idea that the movie um was about um slavery. And here again, uh, um I would just you remind the audience that what you can get out of a presentation like uh the woman king um, um, strictly depends upon what you bring into the theater in your head. Um, um, you're just not going to see certain things. Um, um, you're not going to be able to discern certain things if you don't have a certain level of knowledge. Knowing where those uh, guns uh, came from, uh, um, I 
I just kind of assumed that anybody sitting there watching the movie uh, would know that any you know educated black folk uh, would know that. Um, so it's not not really perplexing or perturbing to see to read a statement like that. We know where the guns came from, and we know about how Westerners, as they are even doing today or trying to do, exploiting. Uh, the sort of natural conflicts that arise among any people uh, living uh, in proximity with each other. So you kind of know that you're not expecting the movie to do any of what you, you just uh, uh, laid out. You're oh, going no. there because, unfortunately, um, our people do have uh uh given the years as i mentioned in the book years under th- th- this kind of oppression our souls are battered uh we need to see us i go back to that winning even the most let's say naive uh, um uh, black person that would go uh to that movie with no sense of of the true history that you just um, um, laid out, and, and sadly enough, no de- desire to even discover that history. Still, that, pl- um, um, uh, that black person's battered psyche still needs um, to see us winning. I, I would say that the movie was not about um, um, slavery, clearly not. It's, uh, it, it, it's attempt to, uh, to take a sliver of 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 our history and and zero in on our drive or, or, or at least you know certain people in the movies drive to fight back uh, and their sense of uh, that we're not made to be slaves. Uh, we're not made to be shipped off to some other land. Well, we're going to do our damnedest to fight back but then, um, and, and not accept our oppression. As, as we, we, in modern times, yeah, I believe in too many instances, yeah, that's why Fox. I wrote this book, we, did, we are sitting back and accepting and not fighting um, and in masses and and, and and among the masses, the way that we ought to. So, in a sense, you're going um, to that kind of the movie for a really uh, slim kind of 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 snack, you might no, say. No, well, um, I, listen, uh, Doctor Fox, hold on a second. Support your I, ego. I'm not expecting the movie to tell the truth. In fact, mm-hmm. just the opposite, because of who's producing it. That's well, right. But all I'm saying is. If we're going to be discussing this, and not just we in particular on this program, black folks in general, they need to discuss it from a historical perspective where they understand oh, yeah. what that has I went really on. Agree. There are things that we need to know because, once again, we need to be taking a broader knowledge of ourselves and our history to even view these uh, view these kinds of production in order not to be a uh, um, 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 you know, vulnerable to their propaganda. So and, and, I do agree with that. If and, you're going to be discussing it, discuss it in the pro- proper historical context. And, and, and I think when you really do that, you're able to put it in its place and, and take out of it what you can 
that's positive and move on, knowing that the movie, those uh, these movies produced by Hollywood will never give us the true historical, um, 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 you know, framework that we need. Uh, it's almost as I say in in the book. Some might say that I'm making a mistake. But in the, in the verse, in the first, in the very first, I think um, uh, once again, perhaps in the preface, I say that I, this book, this workbook, is not going to detail all of the atrocities that our white oppressors have um, um, perpetrated against us. I'm assuming that you have that knowledge base. Um, and if you don't, you probably, I don't say this, but you probably won't appreciate the need to, to even um, detoxify from their their worldview, really, including their uh, white value system. But, but, but if you do approach this book with that knowledge base, you can benefit from it. Similarly, if you do approach a movie, uh, with the proper knowledge base, like the, the knowledge base that you have and in many, uh, hopefully, uh, people in your audience have, you are able to profit from it. Uh, l- let me say this before I pa- pass the mic to Brother Richard, um, and then we go, we're going to take a brief break and come back. Um, I, I, You know what? I don't... I don't you, Richard, I just want you to weigh in on this issue because... You know, when I'm watching the movie, I I, I didn't think I was watching a murder mystery or a horror picture necessarily or a love story. I thought I was watching a movie that theme was slavery. It was it was uh, 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 the homie people and and it focused on the, the the women regiment that was fighting not to be enslaved and another group of of. Uh, Africans of another tribe fighting to enslave them for Europeans. Mm-hmm. That was the theme of the movie was slavery. Right. Right. And it, you know, it's interesting because the two the, is, is two aspects that, and that I got. And it's, and, 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 and Dr. Fox, as you raised this point about, and that, and this is what I hear others are saying too, um, in the, in, in what's that validating the, um, benefit of us viewing whether we come, you know, no matter what we come um, to the movie with, as far as our own mindscape, our own mental um, understanding, was the winning and the, um, uh, what's, I'm going to call it the, the fight and the winning. That, uh, the, the, well, the, you know, the, the fight, yes, but that's, you know, but the artifacts, the cultural artifacts of the social things, like using IFA. Or, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, yeah. um, these, or, or even how the training went on. These cultural artifacts, um, in relationship to winning. But what, what got me, and this raises the question for me from the point of when we're discussing, and that, that was a question I had because how much does discussing a film like this where we get a positive um, feeling from it, a positive reaction from it. And, and it's a section in your book. And I want to come back after break with that because, um, you, you raise, uh, you give a thing in relationship to, I think it's 15 categories of how you feel. And that's in relationship to the meeting. But I thought 
that relates to when we see these here um, film productions, how does it make us feel? But the two elements that I picked up um, that wasn't visible was black-on-black violence from the Mm -hmm. beginning, the the empire of Oyo and the empire of Dahomey in relationship to slavery, and the individual characters were they each one um, from the king, um, it was the king, the, 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 the one who becomes, you know, the warrior queen, uh, I mean, uh, you know, what's that? The woman queen, king, king, the daughter of, of her and the, um, the, I guess it would be like you, the lieutenant, um, everybody personally had a trauma that motivated them in relationship to their actions in um, being a part of this, um, whether this, this, this society, it, you know, and it could be expanded. The, mm-hmm. the daughter with the uh, stepfather, mm-hmm. the general with being raped and having a daughter that has, she had to give up the king who, who's, um, uh, and uh, if I got this right, whose brother sold his mother exactly slavery. Um, the um, one who was kind of like a mentor um, to her. So yeah. this wasn't visible, but in the descriptions of their character, it it seemed to come out that all of them were responding and um, reacting in that moment. Well, well, yeah, that's quite intentional. Um, I think, as you know, that I'm trying my hand at writing, uh, currently at writing a uh, TV script uh, based on this workbook. Um, And I've done a a fair amount of reading about writing scripts, um, et cetera, et cetera. And at least once again, from the white worldview, uh, um, those kinds of, of, of tensions um, are, are necessary in order to, to keep the audience's uh, interest in, in the uh, in the characters. So you'll always see that. Now, the question, even even if you, you, even if one accepts that that may be true, it, it still leaves the question of okay, what kinds of tensions. Um, do you uh, uh, zero in on uh, the personal uh, um, uh, tensions that are built um, through the uh, characters' uh, conflict with um, people of of, the, of his own household or race or whatever, or the tensions that are built through, uh, um, um, you know, being in a situation uh, like we're in as a people uh, vis-a-vis our white oppressors. Um, but, but here again, once again, I would say that um, I, I strongly believe that you bring a certain set of eyes to a movie and expectations. I, I would never go to a movie like that expecting it to be about slavery. Uh, uh, from what I was able to gather and wanted to see is, okay, I singularly was focused on, will this movie present um, us um, being opposed to our oppression and fighting and winning? 
Um, there, that's all I, I came to the movie expecting to see, and and there, that's all I got out of it. I would say that anyone going to that movie, particularly without a knowledge base of of, of the really true history of of our captivity, what people call slavery, um, then without that. And expecting the movie to feed you every all that you know that you perhaps want or need, uh, if you're in that um, uh, uh, state of mind, I would say don't go see it. Uh, if if you go to see it thinking that it's about slavery, that it's going to teach you about slavery. Um, I would say don't go see it because you're not your mind is not prepared um um to confront uh all of the um um uh, 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 the lack of of really focus on history your mind is not um uh, prepared to confront all of the distractions that will be in a movie like that like the black on black um, um, uh, uh, violence, in a sense, and violence can take more than just one form: a physical, emotional, whatever, sexual, rape, whatever. Um, uh, if you don't have a base to, you know, just get what you need, um, uh, uh, what your uh, uh, battered uh, self. Is really a um, clamoring for, or which is to see black folk fighting white folk and white oppressors and winning. Then I would say, don't go see it, because that's not what it's about. And my mind, and I never thought that movie was about slavery. Certainly, no, no deep um, uh, historical sense. It's about a, a group of, of people uh, at that time in which we. Uh, uh, were part of uh, or being traded from land to land, um, confronting and winning. But they're just not, a little sliver. They're not just I, a little snack. I just, yeah. but they're, not fight, they're not fighting yeah. white. They're not fighting know. white oppressors in the movie. Right. Mm-hmm. They're not fighting white oppressors in the movie. Well, yeah, they're fighting their well, – number one, there are white folk, and, of course, that, that's very reduced. Yes, I would agree. That's why I'm talking about the sliver. But they're certainly fighting uh, the, uh, the white oppressors' attempt to make us into slaves. Even yeah, though you don't see that's all what the white oppressors, that's what I'm talking you don't about. get a real picture of that's who the these people that, but that's, are but, uh, historically, et cetera. But, but, the, the idea but is to – Prevent our people from being captured by these monsters and taken away. Yeah, but Dr. Period. Fox, that's the point that I'm trying to raise, that you don't see that. Our people, with, without any type of historical uh, 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 background, they don't see that. They see black people fighting to enslave other blacks. They see blacks uh, uh, with scowls on their faces, the men scowling at women. They see the women given. Richard just gave some some pieces of that dialogue. The women talking about that how they had been raped. The one woman right. told a young girl that her mother put a sign outside her house trying to sell her virginity. See, those things are not part of African culture. Well, well maybe Dr. I'm Fox, hold on one second. A, a little bit too optimistic, but um, you may be right in a sense that if they can't see 
what I have referred to is that sliver of fighting people who would uh, um, uh, um, snatch us from motherland and and, and take us to someplace else to work for our enemy. If you don't see that sliver, but it, the only thing you can see is all, all the things that you just mentioned, Elliot, then um, you shouldn't go and see it. Quite frankly, you, you know, your your mind is not prepared um, to take that um, half-formed tool, as as Richard referred to um, earlier, and shape it into something that you can use. Uh, you, you may be under attack, and the only thing, physical attack uh, by someone, and the only thing you, you can see as you're, being, as you're tussling with this person is a fork, not even a knife, but a fork. If, if, if your mind is not prepared to use that fork, and maybe even better yet, a pencil, pick up the pencil and try to stab that person in their neck to hit that main artery to get them off of you, then uh, um, you should engage, be, be engaged in that fight. Um, the, challenge, the challenge is, though, and, and, and I know, you know, Ella, you want to go to a break, but the well, challenge ahead, and then I'll go to a break. Go ahead. Um, is that as these um, productions are made, and we, if we at least acknowledge that there will be, and the question is, um, to what degree, um, those who come to these um, 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 productions, with, who know, and those who come who don't know that historical background. But as we, as those things are made now, the generation that's coming up, we can assume, based off of the, based off of what the, the educational. Um, the cultural information, the historical information that they will be viewing that film without knowing. And because they don't know, as you say, no, they won't see slavery because it is only a sliver. And the question is how much they know. So yes, for us, yes, I can understand the positioning that if you know, then it's something and that you shouldn't see. But when these things and and because of no, if you don't know, it's something that you shouldn't see. Right, right. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, you know, because we say the you know not knowing the intentionality of why it was given, why now the green light is given, but we do know looking at what's in front of us, and that being the generations that's coming up, that will be not maybe go to the film on its showing, but because of the media um, infrastructure will see it in some other kind of way. And we know now, even by the challenge of critical race theory or the history of slavery in America being challenged politically right now, we know the generations that are coming that when they see that they'll be less informed about the historical aspect of, of those empires, those people on the continent, and they'll be less informed about, um, as Elliot brought out, even those two forms of slavery, whether it's a society of slaves or a slave society, they'll be less informed, but they'll be gratified by seeing the imagery and the winning because it is more prominent. That's 
Well, well, yes. See, see, that's kind of, and maybe I'm would, being would doc, um, really would, overly optimistic. Well, Dr. Fox, hold, hold your point. I'm going to take a brief break. Build this, hold your point. I'm going to take yes. a brief break, and then hold we'll on. come back. Okay. Yeah, hold your point. Mm. We're going to take okay. a brief break. We're, uh, we're in conversation with author, psychologist, Dr. Jerome Fox. Decoding the Woman King is the subject of tonight's uh discussion with the author of the book Addicted to White, The Oppressed in League with the Oppressor. You can get involved in the conversation, too, by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. Time for an awakening. We'll be right back. Listening to Time for an Awakening. Time for an Awakening with host Brother Elliot and Brother Richard on Time for an Awakening Media, part of the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasting or live program scheduling, hit them up at Time for an Awakening at gmail.com. All Insurance Incorporated, an African-American-owned and operated insurance agency in business for over 20 years. Located at 231 Southeastern Road in Glenside, PA, with other offices in Germantown and West Philadelphia. Call now for commercial insurance quotes, homeowner's insurance quotes, automobile insurance quotes, notary and tax services. Representing over 15 major A-rated insurance companies. Offering a discount on all notary services when you call in for a free quote. Call this number, 21 215- 215-885-2444. That number is 215-885-2444. 215-885-2444. All Insurance Incorporated. I transformed a $24,000 a year odd job handyman service into a seven-figure high-end custom home builder and commercial contractor licensed and operating in three states. This is just one of the tangible transformations I've created for entrepreneurs in various industries around the country. If this isn't what you think of when you think of accounting and business consulting, then get ready to take down this invaluable information. Are you an entrepreneur suffering with a stagnating company? Have headache customers, staff, or vendors? Are you rebounding from a loss and need help achieving your unrealized potential? Or are you a startup who wants to get it right the first time and avoid the costly mistakes? Hi, my name is Nataki Kanban. If you're ready to go beyond advising and coaching and get results, then call 301-244-9072. Let New Business Solutions recommend and implement the best comprehensive sales, administrative, human resources, accounting, and operations to help you grow into your vision for yourself and your company. Again, from anywhere nationally, call 301-244-9072 or pull us up on your device right now and book your free consultation at www.newbusinesssolutions.com. And just mention you heard this special announcement on Time for an Awakening. 
RG Electrical Inspections provides electrical inspections for realtors, licensed electricians, and homeowners. Licensed and insured underwriter serving Philadelphia and surrounding area. Call today, 484-268-9837. For 12 years, I and others like me had held out radiant promises of progress. I had preached to them about my dream. I had lectured to them about the not-too-distant day when they would have freedom all here now. I had urged them to have faith in America and in white society. Their hopes had soared. They were now booing me because they felt that we were unable to deliver on our promises. They were booing because we had urged them to have faith in people who had too often proved to be unfaithful. They were now hostile because they were watching the dream that they had so readily accepted turn into a frustrating nightmare. And so the collision course is set. The desegregation decisions and other type of legislation and Supreme Court decisions depends upon changing the white man's mind. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches uh, us that our own mind has to be changed. We have to change our uh, mind about ourselves. In what way? Well, so he teaches us the importance of moral reformation, uh, a knowledge of self. And, uh, for instance, the average so-called Negro, he doesn't think that he can uh, go into business and provide jobs for himself. And because of this, he thinks that he can only get a job from the white man, or he can only get clothes from the white man, or he can only get food from the white man. And we who follow the Honorable Elijah Muhammad are taught that uh, the same thing that the white man has done for himself and his kind, uh, if our people could uh, be uh, rect- if they could, if we could be cured of our slave mentality that was uh, indoctrinated into us during slavery, we would realize that just as the white man can do these things for himself and his kind, we can get together in unity and harmony and do the same thing for ourselves and our kind. not wondering at all about them. I'm concerned with the suffering and the pain of the masses of black people. No one wants to pay reparations. The Jews received over a hundred billion dollars in reparations and gets four billion annually. A Holocaust museum was set up for them on this soil for over two hundred million dollars and they get two twenty-one million annually just for operating expenses. But the Catholic Church, the Pope, the Jews, the Arabs, white people in general, no one wants to pay reparations to these, the sons and daughters of Africa. So I speak to them. I don't speak. I speak to them. I don't speak to the family of those two Jews. There are too, too many of us for me to speak to them. And one of the reasons why I'm always happy to come to this organization, because you're the only one, you're the only black organization, again, that understands to put race first. Race first. Race first. 
And I've had some white folks to tell me that I was a flaming militant, a radical, or whatever all of these names were that they called me. And I said that I am very pleased that you called me a nationalist because you could have said that I was a member of the NAACP of the Urban League. So I said, I'm very pleased of the names that you have given. But I said that because we put race first, something is wrong with us. But everybody else puts their own first because God blessed the child who has his own. And so I think that race first is very important. And though we meet in a different venue, we're not at the slave theater, we're not at the church, we're now at the Masonic Temple, it really does not matter where we are physically. It matters where we are in our minds. And wherever we meet, as long as we know that we're Africans and as long as we know that we're black people living here in America, we know exactly who we are. You notice you can put an Uncle Tom in any venue in the White House, you can even put him in his, he'll still be a Tom. You can put them anywhere you want. Well, it's the same thing with us as strong people. Wherever we are, we're going to be the people that we need to be. encourage let me just say this before our time winds up and that is I want the people in the audience to go back and look at the video clip from Roots it's entitled something like breaking Kunta Kinte that scene opens with Lauren Green uh, sitting in, who's the plantation master, sitting in his office, and then Fiddler comes in and says, um, uh, we don't want to be too hard on the runaway. Kunta Kinte has just run away and been caught. And um, so the time comes for him to get his lashing. And if you look at this scene, it's about nine minutes, and study the scene, study the role of everybody or bodies that are in this particular clip, and you will find that there is an equivalent role in the political life of our country today, whether it's on the national level or on the local level. There's the black man who actually does the whipping of Kunta Kinte. There's the white man who does the whipping. There's the black man who intervenes with the boss man and tries to save the life of Kunta Kinte. There's Kunta himself, who eventually is forced to admit that his name is Toby. And there's a, there's dozens of bystanders, black, who are watching. This, this is a very powerful thing. And it's an analogy of exactly what is happening in our community today. Let's give those characters names in our community. 
and call them what they are and then take care of business about that. Welcome back to Time for an Awakening. Uh, it's 8.29 here in the Sunday edition of Time for an Awakening. Our guest this evening in conversation is author, psychologist, Dr. Jerome Fox. The topic, Decoding the Woman King. And uh, we're discussing these things with the author of the book, Addicted to White, The Oppressed in League with the Oppressor. You can join the conversation too by dialing 215-490-9832. That's 215-490-9832. Um, before we left, I think it was, it was it you or uh, Dr. Fox, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I was uh, uh, responding to um, the things that uh, Richard had said. Um, let me put it this way. I don't, um, I personally don't uh, disagree with anything that you, Elliot, or Richard have said about this movie. I kind of approach these things from a psychological uh, perspective in terms of what I think we need uh, to rebuild our sense, uh, really our African selves. Um, now, I don't think we're at any kind, any point of disagreement even about that. Where the issues, I think, come um, with in our community and perhaps even as a um, sort of reflection of that among ourselves is the strategies uh, um, uh, to use to accomplish what we need to accomplish in order to really be free permanently. Um, I see that we have been under uh, this kind of oppression for so long that it really is going to take a lot of patience on the part of each of us in order to help uh, each other come out from under the psychological damage or repair the psychological damage um, that has been done to us by our white oppressors. And I try to, um, as I tell people, I go to bed, bed thinking, uh, trying to think as a general, and I get up in the morning thinking as a general. Um, strategically, what we need to do step by step, perhaps even in too many cases, uh, small step by or tiny step by tiny step, and just to get to the destination called liberation that I believe even the most misguided members of our race in their natural African selves truly want. And um, so with that as the context, I would say that I take any kind of, of, of um, production from Hollywood or I view any kind of production from Hollywood with this intent and, and perspective. I'm trying to see how it perhaps may address in some small way without doing um, more damage than, than good, address what we need psychically 
in order to rebuild ourselves. So I don't care if the movie promotes itself as being about um, um, slavery, cowboys, uh, the corporate world, uh, whatever the setting is. I simply believe, and I may be being too uh, optimistic about our ability to, uh, um, um, you know, glean this message from these productions, but uh, I'm looking to see if it deals with black people who have some sense of the enemy, uh, of, of, of the enemy, the type of enemy that our white oppressors have been, and if it presents us fighting back um, uh, uh, with integrity and winning. Um, and I apply that template to whatever I go to see, particularly some so-called, you know, black movie, to see if that in any way is getting across in a way that's not doing more damage or in the process of getting it across not doing more damage than good. So um, I perhaps being a little bit more optimistic, which is kind of a strange feeling because I consider myself to be the um, consummate uh, pessimist, but I'm thinking that even seeing us fighting uh, um, 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 our white oppressors and winning might even inspire someone who doesn't have the uh, the full knowledge base to um, learn, maybe pick up a book or try to learn more about whatever um, setting that um, uh, um, image and, and story is put. Once again, being in a corporate, if this story is about corporate America or about cowboys or about, um, you know, uh, so-called uh, uh, slavery, um, maybe if they can just see us fighting um, um, and winning uh, against our white adversaries, it might inspire even the most um, ignorant, meaning not knowing, just simply not knowing, the most ignorant um, uh, um, person, black person who's viewing that, not knowing the full, full, the, our full history. Maybe it might inspire them to talk more about it and perhaps do some research, as apparently this whole movie has done. And they, perhaps through doing so, will encounter folk like yourself who can give them, or myself, who can give them a broader perspective, uh, give them uh, or uh, add to their fund of knowledge uh, about who we are and, and what we have truly experienced and being um, uh, and sharing this planet uh, uh, with these white monsters. Uh, and, and maybe, once again, I'll say maybe I'm being too optimistic in, in, in my thinking, but I think that just seeing a sliver of us, uh, number one, calling out um, or defining who we're dealing with uh, properly and then fighting back and winning uh, um, helps build maybe uh, helps put a, 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 perhaps even a small brick in place and building and rebuilding our sense of agency uh, um, 
and separation from this white worldview. That may not be happening. I will readily um, concede, uh, but I, I, I at least choose to believe that there that. That, that may be happening or certainly have the opportunity to occur even in the most, um, uh, um, uh, as I said, ignorant uh, black person who may view um, um, uh, a movies such as this. Um, and that, I, I guess that's why it doesn't, it, my, my expectations for, for what it may, uh, for what it will produce is so low that um, uh, because it's coming from that whole white machine, Hollywood machine, uh, is so low that I don't. It doesn't bother me to see some of the distortions or or a lack of proper focus because I feel like um, we number one. Uh, I guess number one that I can refocus because. I know what I'm looking for, but also believing people who go in there are totally open uh, um, to their propaganda will at least emerge from the theater, just as you said yourself, Richard, feeling a little bit better about these issues. I encounter too many people, uh, young black people, who say um, when I try to interest them in, uh, in my workbook, uh, I, I'm not about all that black stuff. And it really just breaks my heart to think that we have been so, as adults, so derelict in our responsibility to teach all of the things that um, you, uh, Elliot and, and Richard, have just been talking about. Um, I hope that something like this, in a sort of like in a disguised uh, form uh, the disguise being so-called entertainment uh, will, you know, pique their interest in all that black stuff, and particularly in a way that represents us fighting and winning. Richard. That doesn't have to be the case. I don't know, but you know, that's my optimism at this point. But go ahead. Which is appreciated. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, if I, I don't know if y'all seen this, but it, it struck me, and it was a uh, comedic uh, moment as I was watching the film. Now, I don't know if it's just my eyes or whatever, but um, what's his name? John Boy Boyega? I don't know how you say his name. The King. Was that a jerry curl he had? Or... I, it. I don't know if anybody focused on the hair, but it looked like a jerry curl. I mean, the way his hair was. And I said, wait a minute now. Is this guy got a jerry curl? Yeah, yeah, I did not, but it, it, no, I'm smiling because um, when I, I see old uh, movies, uh, 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 you know, set in Africa, and with even the so-called jungle bo uh, boogies uh, with straightened hair, it just would always, always make me laugh. It's like, you know, please, these crackers cannot pull away from their intense attempts to indoctrinate black folk. Even in our, as you're pointing out, in our own homeland, they're bringing in their brainwashing uh, images that somehow our straight hair is better than, uh, uh, than our natural hair. So normally I do attend that, but I really, didn't notice it maybe because once again I was just so focused on the message I wanted to see 
uh, or evaluate uh, um, that I did not notice that. Now, had everybody's hair been in some right. way straightened, yeah. I probably would have noticed that, but I, I really didn't. I mean, it was cool. Well, I'll leave it alone. But it, it struck, I, I, you know, it struck me as funny um, mm-hmm. at that point. You ain't talking but, about the guy that uh, was, you know, the with, with the white. Oh, okay. That, that other guy looked like he had some type of Jerry curl, and he was looked like he was half black. That yeah, you're not talking about him, mm-hmm. right? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I was Virginian and and his mother. But there, there again, you're just proving the, the point. We cannot expect any product from Hollywood uh, to separate itself totally from um, centuries-old attempt to indoctrinate black people. Um, uh, um, to uh, uh, serve uh, uh, white folk interests. Uh, that that that's what their whole educational system, as I say in my book, is designed. Quoting Malcolm X, that any uh, black person who um, you know expects puts uh, expects or allows their enemy to educate their children is crazy. Um, so yeah. You know, I just don't. Uh, that's not going to happen. They're not going to, to uh, uh, separate uh, themselves from their centuries-old effort, continue up to this very moment, to indoctrinate us to service them. So, uh, if, if you go uh, and 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 use their products, uh, view their products. It, it, you, you approach that with that understanding, and you're on guard as a result. And you can point out stuff like that, that just through seeing that. I don't even know if that was true, but through seeing that, you're able to block it so that it doesn't get into your soul. Um, but, you know, if you're going to go see any of these so-called entertainment products, uh, um, uh, uh you know, it's at your own risk in the sense of what it's designed to do in terms of shaping positive attitudes toward your oppressors in so many subtle and not so subtle ways. Uh, but if you uh, approach it to, with some degree of detoxification from this white worldview, as my book promotes, um, you're, you're better able to to uh, take what what positivity, if there's any, um, um, out of it and 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 use it to your best um, um, interest. You know, um, Elliot, if I may, and Dr. Fox, when when you is uh, I had mentioned it earlier. I thought because you your uh, notice in the book, um, you know, manual that you're always raising the point that we should be dealing with problem, not recognizing the difference between problem identification and problem resolution or problem solving. Mm-hmm. And and when I was looking at the appendix um, of the feelings checking, and I know the intent um, was for in relationship to you know the into blessedness um, group, but I thought that. And, and I wanted to get your 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 thoughts about this. That the the feelings the feelings feelings check mm-hmm. in, whether we are informed historically informed or not. When we go to um, view these films from a point of you know um, problem solving, our personal problem solving, right? Um, mm-hmm. Should we be uh, looking at? And I just wanted to go through the things um, because we may not know 
but we know how to feel the film affect us and should we be conscious of yeah, that's a superb point, by the way. Let me just in- interject there. As I, I believe it was um, Maya uh, Angelou who, who, who once said that, that a person may not remember what you said, but they definitely will remember how you, um, you made them feel. And the same thing goes for a movie. Uh, you may not remember all, every single detail, but you will definitely emerge uh, um, or remember how that movie made you feel. And maybe that's why uh, part of, that's where part of my optimism is 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 based on. But go ahead, please. And, and so I just wanted to lay out this for the for the audience, you know, because I think it's important that um, we, you know, especially um, based off of what you raised, Elliot. Uh, and I, I'm glad that you brought the distinction between uh, slave society and, and a society of slaves, because I think that a society with slaves, right? Society with, with slaves, slaves. Mm-hmm. right? You know, um, because the you know I think that they get um, mixed up when they're talk when we're talking about slave that that and who has been the perpetrators over time. And creating those two, the distinction between these, those two. But in relationship to this feeling, it said, it's saying, you know, for, you know, to check off, um, this, whether it may be, and I'm, a, I'm putting in the context of reviewing the film, um, made you sad, discouraged, hopeless, worthless, inadequate, empty, anxious, worried, tense, nervous, fearful, frustrated, annoyed, resentful and uh, and again angry or or angry is the last one and i thought well, as i looked at that i said you know if we go to because of our conditioning and we get we we're you know as it was said earlier we're getting a studied diet most of our now experience is through these here um productions and i think there is political content but i'll leave that but i think if we come with the armament of that we're watching, not just for the aesthetics, but being very conscientious of how our how we how it made us feel. That it also, in relationship to dealing with this, um, the values that it re- it resonates. It'll be a tool, a defensive mechanism. Um, I don't know if that would be complicated, but when I've seen this, I thought that was something because again, I came out feeling one way. Mm-hmm. But having reflections from another perspective, as I looked at it, as you said, coming in with what I came into the movie with, mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that yeah, well, that 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 yeah. I think once again is a superb point, and uh, to me, as generals. Uh, um, we are prepared to use whatever or we- weapon we can gather in this battle, in this psychological battle with our enemies, and certainly um, feelings. I mean, you can be used against you, or or you can use it for you. Um, Oh, an overemphasis on just feeling. I, I mentioned this, this in the book as well, my workbook. Uh, feeling good all the time will undermine any effort to fight. Um, but at the same time, 
uh, um, your self-concept has to be a built up uh, um, 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 with a sense of, of, of feeling good about yourself and your abilities um, to fight back and win. So, uh, you know, you can go to a movie like this and come out not feeling good about those things, but feeling uh, uh, bad, uh, um, uh, uh, worse about um, what is not in the movie, uh, as opposed to allowing your spirit to um, soak up uh, the feeling, um, the good feelings, which I, I would um, um, dare to say based on seeing um, black folk uh, um, on, um, uh, 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 view our white enemies as they ought to be viewed as monsters fighting back and winning. That's what the feeling is based on, uh, which I think we need to feel more often in order to motivate us to in, in, engage in this fight. Um, uh, but it may not be, you know, you may, one may may not leave with that feeling. Um, who knows? Let me go to a couple of these calls. Let's go to 347. 347. Yes, good afternoon, um, Richard Elliott, and to your guest. Quick question for you, Dr. Fox. Mm-hmm. As you look at things right now, where do you see black people's development in this country compared to other ethnic groups? Are we moving forward as a people going backwards in comparison to other groups? And at what point in time um, will we really, really, as a people, address your book, Addicted to Whiteness? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, 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 thank you for asking that question. I do address it in the book, and in the preface, I state somewhere that um, the the reason reason I wrote the workbook was because I was beginning to to feel pretty pessimistic about our um, prospects of ever uh, being free from these damn crackers as long as we pursued um, um, the strategies that we are currently pursuing, which are more integrationist um, types of strategies as opposed to complete revolutionary. Um, so, yeah, I feel, felt when I was writing the book not too long ago you know, and still do feel that uh, we're not on the right track. I'm not going to try to play God and 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 prognosticate whether or not we will ever get on the right track. But all I know, or feel I know at this point, or believe I know, is that this current integrationist type of 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 approach uh, to our liberation um, has failed us. Will continue to fail us as long as we pursue it. And and now is the time uh, to explore something new, like separating our minds from this white worldview. And that's why I wrote the book. Now, Dr. Fox, you left out one thing and you really didn't address it, but I'll go ahead and do it for you. And okay. you'll respond to it. 
we as a people are falling behind every other ethnic group in this country. Because exactly what you're saying, our desire to be loved by what you call the the cracker. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is we as a people fight amongst ourselves more in regards to bull sugar honey iced tea than anything. And every other ethnic group is building community, building institutions, building things that are necessary to be able to interact with their homeland and what they're doing here in America. And we as a people on a collective ain't doing nothing. But we always want to talk about what we would like to do, but we don't even have the ability to do, and I'll give you the perfect example, reparations. Everybody talks about reparations and how we need to get reparations and all of that. Been talking about it for a long time, over 50, 60 years. Now, you tell me, why is it that in 50, 60 years, we haven't put together any sort of strength position to make these white folks give it to us when they have given reparations to other countries. And I'll leave you lastly with this. Now, this is something you really need to address. Here it is. You got black people who say, I'm not going to vote for someone like uh, President Biden or Warnock and other blacks, all because of the simple fact that they say they support Israel. But say they'll give a thought to vote in for a Donald Trump, a fool like Hershey Walker and other Republicans who ain't gonna do a damn thing for you. Mm-hmm. And well, yeah, yeah. Let me address that. I won't because this is important. Mm-hmm. And every time that you get in a situation, I'm gonna use this example and you'll get it. A Joe Biden a going sign into law something in regards to a Another ethnic group like the Asians with this so-called crime bill or protection or whatever, mm-hmm. they don't have the mental capacity nor the understanding that by him signing that bill, we participated in it and supported by the same bill because now it's the law in the country. Mm-hmm. That's what we're dealing with as a people. Well, let me address that. Let me address it. Um, uh, First, by saying that um, I did address it. Let me just give you an uh, um, overview. Um, My entire workbook addresses everything that you just um, uh, uh, mentioned. Uh, But let me just say that we are stuck in a pattern, and I mentioned this in the very preface of the workbook, of constantly describing the problem uh, over and over and over again in a million different ways without generating any solution. My workbook is, is being offered as a solution to that problem. We know that we have been derelict in our responsibility to fight back. We know that we have been derelict in our responsibility to use the weapons available 
to us right under our nose, including raising our children to be revolutionists. We've been derelict in all of that, and we can talk about each other being, you know, sambos and traitors and whatever uh, forever, and that's what we've been doing, and in too many ways, I believe, enjoying that because it makes us feel that um, better than that um, uh, brainwashed brother over there or sister over there. Uh, but none of that, uh, that really solves the problem. Um, uh, the only thing that I see that uh, put us on the road to uh, um, solution or resolution is for us to clear our minds. That's what really you are addressing. I say in the book on page 16, deeply rooted, centuries-long, ongoing oppression, which we have experienced, is devastatingly traumatic. As it truncates or limits the full range of options, oppressed people like us are able to perceive or imagine for their lives. Denial of the fact of this kind of trauma it's epigenetic, meaning it it gets even in, into our genes. It's epigenetic, intergenerational impact, and the and the, the responsibility to fight back is typical of many survivors who wall off the unending horrors enacted upon them in order to avoid going slowly and inexorably mad. In contrast to this, people who survive time-limited torture, like the Jews, with their cultural heritage and group preservation, not individual, but group preservation instincts still intact, may react quite differently to their uh, uh, time-limited oppression or torture. For example, they may become hypervigilant, just as the Jews have, have uh, and obsessed with telling the story of their sufferings repeatedly, with getting in front of any new technology that could be used to harm them in the future, with hunting down their torturers and bringing them to justice, with demanding reparations, as they have done, with studying su subjects like blind obedience or authoritarianism. Uh, if you check that literature, it's riddled with um, Jewish authors, and with building their own institutions, economy and defense systems. That's the difference between time-limited oppression with your cultural heritage and group preservation still intact, as opposed to what we experience, which is ongoing, centuries-long oppression without our group uh, preservation and cultural heritage intact. So knowing that, we've got to be a bit more uh, scientific, uh, um, scientifically patient. Let me put it, let me sort of um, uh, introduce that, that concept. Scientifically patient uh, with our people um, as we encourage each other to come out of this spell 
out of this mind conditioning uh, uh, methodically and uh, persistently. And the one way that I have come up uh, 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 with for promoting that action as opposed to just sitting around describing and getting uh, frustrated is this protocol that I this three-step protocol that I explain in my book and beyond that I, I, I've even gotten to the point where I don't even want to deal with anything else it's, unless a person is talking about how to overcome this sad sorry state it's a mental state that 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 I obviously manifest in our, our behavior or lack of action, but it's it's a mental. The problem is a mental state. I don't even want to deal with anything else because I know it's always going to devolve into just um, throwing epithets back and forth at each other. Uh, we well, know we're sick. Doctor Fox, we know we're sick. Let me, let me just say this. Let me just say this. The three things that you're saying are the solution. I respectfully say that you're gonna have to start promoting those three things to the people because, I mean, this is not being said. I do, by the way. No, okay, time because okay, be, okay, because this is not said with no disrespect. The no, I don't think it is. But. The purchasing of your book is not going to increase. It's just the reality. Those that respect what you're saying, the board your book, and those that have issues with what you're saying, they're not going to buy your book. But we are the dire state right now as a people, and we don't even realize the dire state that it is. So, well, I realize that. But let me just say this: let me just say this. Well, make it short, Doctor Foss, because we've got callers waiting. uh, Trying to write a um, TV script that will put these ideas right in front of those people who don't read. So, yeah, I'm constantly thinking about uh, other ways to promote this and get this idea of detoxifying from a white uh, a, a value system. I don't know. What, I don't know what. I don't know what network will put that on television. But I we know we're gonna move on. One hey. step at a time. All right. I, I said Hold on. the same thing, and I got discouraged from even trying. Okay. But my thing was that okay, one step at a time. Well, go on social media, and thank you again, Elliot and and Richard. It may be time for you, Dr. Fox, to join your Facebook, your Twitter, your TikTok, your um, Instagram to be able to push forward that message. And I'll tell you another good place to go that will be able to really get a chance to not only monetize, but will be a site called Fanbase. That would be an excellent place, and you could grow, and you could develop it, and earn money off of it, and people that follow you will be able to earn money also from from doing that, and, and, and you're supporting a black man. All right. So thank you again, brother, and best of luck to you. And Elliot and Richard, man, have a good night. Good talking to you. Peace. Thank you. Let's go to two six seven two six seven. Yes, Elliot and Richard. Yes, sir. Um, you have a very good guest, Doc, who's Doctor Fox. Doctor Fox, you. I saw. Thank you, sir. I saw the movie with my grandbabies, one eight and one six. Now, 
I don't know if you're familiar with West Philadelphia. I saw it at the bridge, West Philadelphia. But in any event, I took them there for a reason because it's space. They have room. They're not cramped in the, in the aisles and things like that. Well, the previews, Dr. Fox, it started with the previews. They were all pushing to each his own, sir, to what people want to do is their business. If you're into an alternative relationship, then that's what you do. But this propaganda of homosexuality was working overtime in the movies. All the previews were men with bent arms and wrists. And from one preview of a movie to the next, one to the next, we finally get to the film, The Woman King, right? Which is actually more modern within itself. A Woman King. Okay, I looked at the title, and I started looking at the movie. The very beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. the dad very said to me, you said, Say it again, I didn't hear you, sir. Speak yeah, up. Your voice, your, your phone is a little blurry. Say that again. Okay, I said that as the movie came on, the introduction of the movie, in the very beginning of it, my grandbaby said, look at that guy, he's switching, he's a, he's a little sweet. Now, he was, a, he was a part of the royal court around the king, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's how it first came on. It, that part right there taught me off immediately. Then... The ethnic race, I don't call them tribes, the ethnic nations that were warring, the kind made a comment on the opposite side. He said, the women uh, are fighting because the men are in the fields. Then I saw this competitive challenge with this man and this woman with a sharp instrument. And at the challenge, the woman wins. I said, look at this castration that is going on. The film is going down with me and down with me. The interesting thing about this film, the perceptions of people who I talked to as they were coming out, as I was coming out, they said, oh, it's nice to take little ones to, to the movies like that. They said, let them know that they are part of royalty and they're going to be queens or that they already are. Some people's perception of what they saw was completely different from mine, sir. Mm-hmm. One thing well, yeah, that's thought, what we were talking about um, between uh, uh, Elliot and, and Richard and myself. Um, I, I, I mean, it depends on what you bring to the movie in your head already as, as to right. what you are able to take from it. But go ahead. But my thing was is that I never knew that they were in slavery like that, that ethnic nation, Mahomey. Okay, that's one thing. I don't know a lot about the West African, West African nations. I have to visit the continent myself. I'm blind to that. But one thing I want the children to understand and know is that, that there are our people. I tell them all the time. I do as many cultural things with them as I can, self-defense, music, all that. I let them know that they have to learn young not to hate the continent, the motherland. Well, yeah, we, exactly. We have to educate yeah. our own children. And in yeah. truth, here again, it depends. Um, I, I don't know if I would have taken young children to see that movie, quite frankly, but um, you can use anything as, a, as, a, as an opportunity to teach uh, a proper history to our children, something that too many of our uh, young people lack at this point in history uh, or our development, and as a result are completely useless in the struggle for our liberation. But it has to be up to us to do that 
teach it, to fill in what they're not going to get, and even more and more with all this conflict over this so-called um, uh, critical race theory, uh, what they're not going to get in the classroom. Okay, so, I'm I mean, that's just, uh, if, if people want to consider that a burden, right. well, then right. I'll say that's a burden that we have to assume. We cannot assume, right. as I said earlier, that right. our enemy is going to right. properly educate our children, properly shape our children's minds, be it on the screen or in the classroom. That's just not going to happen. Say this stuff. When I wasn't the only one with young children in there. The other thing, when I when I saw a Panther when it came out in California, you had young children there dressed in Afrocentric garb. So I'm saying that the 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 uh, stimulus of the movie is one thing, the child that you bring is another. How you raise your child to accept what is going on is another thing too. Well, right. So so my minds are at the position to understand what and who they are and where they come from and the knowledge of self. It didn't bother them. So, but I've seen people, there were people, I wasn't the only one to bring young children in there. And like I said, I was in California, there were young children in there. They wore Afrocentric clothing. It affect them that much on the West Coast. So I, I would prescribe it for a lot of children. Maybe some children might be a little bit, well, maybe the attention span is not as good. But mine accepted it, and the ones I saw accepted it. Well, there again, uh, it depends on what the person, be it an adult or a child, is coming into the theater already in their head. Uh, but in any case, we still have to make certain that we ourselves are educated to our own history or with our own history and that our children are. And if the movie inspires that, um, then that's what we need to focus on. Um, that's my only point. Okay. Yeah, I was me, just saying, I, I'm just going to say this. Homosexuality during that time period was not rampant in a while. That's something, see, we have to be careful. I used to go to the Black Film Festival every year, and Spike Lee was there and a whole lot of other people. They said, if you go to Hollywood to talk about your people, they're not going to let you tell what you want. Mm-hmm. One of the best movies I ever saw uh, uh, when it came to our people was... Uh, uh, Nate, Nate, Nate Parker, and, but they so he was accused. Uh, no, he 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 won the case of a woman who allegedly said he 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 was gang. Oh uh, yeah, gang raped uh, her it, with a friend. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wait a minute. But he was acquitted, so they destroyed him and that movie before it hit 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 the theater. But yeah, he did there were problems with that movie though too as well. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. I liked it, but he did it. I thought he did a good job. It was one of the best ones I saw. So, you know, we have to be careful of what we take Hollywood. That's why I like Spike Lee so much. As a, as a filmmaker, he's able to bring up a lot of things when it comes to truth. You might not like all of his films, but if, if you're up on things of consciousness, you would take at least 85%. Well, well that's the point. That as, as black people gain more control over the ingredients that go into uh, uh, um, presenting a movie in a theater, um, things should improve to a certain degree. But you have to remember that our heads, uh, um, uh, 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 Spike Lee's head, I'm sorry to say, as well as uh, probably everybody else who is involved, a black person who is involved in, in Hollywood, still has a way, a way to go with respect to detail. 
detoxify from this white uh, uh, worldview. So all of us have work to do in that regard. Um, it's just that it, I, I believe, as you're saying, that we have to be on guard. And the only way to really be on guard uh, beneficially is to gather more and more knowledge about our African selves. Let me before you go before you go. Let me uh, because I, you know, when you were mentioning some of the things in the movie that troubled you, your phone was a little blurry. It's it's it, it's been better the past maybe five minutes or so. Can you express to me again where I can hear you some of the problems that you had watching the film? Yes, in the very beginning of. Uh, now I film. caught that. I caught that. What you said about that. Right. But some of the other right. things. Uh, uh, the other thing was the challenging of the men and the women. They had contests, and there was a sharp, uh, like, spear instrument between this man and this woman. And they're going back and forth, and she wins the contest. I mean, they had these contests where there were challenges. It was, de- de- what you call it, declastration or castration of the male. It was this disposition where... Well, you you, put, you, wait a minute. Wait you a interpret... Minute. It, Hold on a second, Dr. Fox. Uh, Hold uh, on a second, Dr. Fox. I want to hear what he was saying. You said something about somebody in the movie said something while you were watching. And I didn't oh, catch oh, it. Oh, oh, oh. What, one, one of the grandbabies said that... No, that you said somebody in the movie what? said something about uh, the men or something while you were watching the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, in the beginning. In the beginning, I said... The ethnic nations were fighting, right? And when the, they, they do the, before they start rumbling in the challenge, uh, the statement that the other side made to the Mahomey was that the women were on the other side, they were fighting the men. And, and the men on the other side said, he said, oh, the women, the men are in the fields and, and the women are fighting and the men are in the fields. It's like the men, you don't have men to come out and fight. I got to fight women. Well, well, wait a minute. Let me let me say something in reference to what you're saying, um, because Dr. Fox mentioned it earlier. Richard mentioned it about we don't expect these films to educate our people, right. but films are used a lot of times to spread propaganda and to right. spread false images. Right. Um, I think Europeans became aware of that early on in filmmaking. That movie, right. Birth of a Nation, good, good. when they moved, when they made that film, Birth of, I'm talking about the original one, when they made that yeah, film, Birth, Birth of, of a Nation, nation mm-hmm. right. after they released that movie, and I think a couple of years after that, you had some horrific attacks and, and murders of our people all across this country and lynchings. Right, it because, increased the membership of the uh, clan. Yeah, and, and not only decreased the membership, their, their actions against our people was devastating. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, coming up, that that, uh, that movie in the '80s that showed the drug deal and all. You've seen a whole, almost a whole generation of young blacks who didn't have uh, no type of, type of cultural background uh, using that movie as some type of mantra. Well, what was that movie? Mm-hmm. The, the, the Scarface. Scarface, do you remember right. that movie? That's right. Well, it's a lot of movies. There's propaganda out there, and they cause damage to some of our people subconsciously without them realizing it. Mm-hmm. When you see movies that show, Dr. Fox is saying, it, it shows our people winning. But what, what do they, the, the battles in that movie was not against white people. It didn't show them fighting whites in that movie. It showed them fighting each other. 
And the thing is, right. it, they might have been victorious at the end against some other blacks uh, that they had murdered. But the thing is, they were both losers in the end. They were both losers because they both went into captivity. All right. of them. Right. The ones that work with yeah, the whites, the one that worked with the whites initially, and the ones that didn't, they all suffered in the end. So it don't, I mean, mean, it might show, you know, women victorious in those, the the screen battles, but they were both losers. Right, right. I'm with that. It's good. I mean, a lot of that is propaganda. Before we hang on. So so you look, if you look at some of Spike Lee's bamboozle, if you look at some of the stuff he's put out, if you look at, and like, if you look at some of the top filmmakers, they have Sensei, they have Spielberg, they, you know, they, they have uh, all these folks, right? But Spike is not none of them, which I didn't expect him to be. But some of the things that he has done, you know, to bring our people, like he said, you never hardly see World War II heroes. So, and he was going to do it on, on uh, the Black Tank Regalion called The Panther. He, I don't think he was able to get all he needed. So he came out with that movie, Miracle of St. Agnes. So some stuff that he does, you got to give him credit, that he puts stuff to make you think, you know, as opposed to the as opposed to the propaganda they're giving you. That's my. Well, he's not perfect. He's mm-hmm. not perfect. He's better than a lot. Thanks for your contribution, brother. Uh, was that all you had to? Did you want to say something yeah. else? That was it. Yes, sir. All right. Thanks for your contribution, man. Thank you, sir. Good host. Good show. Thank let's you. go to let's go to five oh five. Can I say something that you said, Elliot, a moment ago? Um, I, I know that, um, and we probably um, don't necessarily really disagree, but just attack it from a different angle. Um, I see that this movie did deal with the um, uh, the fallout from the slave trade, which included. Uh, those white people who were stationed in that fort, who were killed uh, uh, by uh, the female soldiers and male soldiers. By the way, uh, they were backed up with um, with the male soldiers. It, it, it wasn't strictly, if you notice, a female army. Um, uh, if it matters, that, that to me wouldn't even matter because some of these um, rolled distinctions that we um, think ought to be have been fed to us by our adversaries. If we're really in a serious battle against our enemy, um, uh, both our men and our women have to be equally, in my mind, prepared to ta- um, um, to fight in that war. Oh, I agree. At any rate, I agree. The, um, uh, but the idea that uh, it's it wasn't about slavery to me. Um, it's about the um, uh, 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 the, uh, the the fallout uh, uh, from slavery, including uh, uh, the the people uh, like collaborators with the slavocrats. So you do see the slavocrats and moving getting their just due, but you also see the collaborators with the slavocrats getting their just due as well. And as Kwame Touré once said, he uh, uh, was invited to my undergraduate school and he spoke, and he said, "Look, this in so many words, this war 
that we're fighting or should be fighting uh, uh, has to proceed in, in three progressive ways. First, we have to clear the enemy out of our own heads. Second, we have to look horizontally and purge our ranks of all the traitors. And then we will be prepared to um, 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 to bush onto the battlefield and fight the real enemy. So, and 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 depending on what you're looking for, the idea of collaborators. Uh, that look like us in terms of our pigmentation and the need to, at some level, if we're really engaged in war, to purge ourselves of those collaborators in addition uh, um, um, to the white folk that they pay homage to, um, I think it's also a valuable me- uh, message. Not all uh, black people will be saved in this struggle. In fact, some black people are more vicious trying to prove to their master uh, that they are faithful, but might even be more vicious than uh, than the cracker himself. So uh, um, it, uh, once again, how you see that is based on what you bring to the uh, to those scenes in my view okay uh Bridget uh, I'm uh, I don't have that I don't have that. I'm listening now let's go to 505 let's put them back on hold let's go to 215 215 good, good evening brother Elliot how are you I'm doing well. Good evening, Brother Richard. Good evening, Dr. Fox. How are everybody doing tonight? Fine, thank you. Uh, praise be to Allah. You know, on the movie Woman King, I haven't seen it yet. I'm still debating whether I will or not. I've, some of my friends and family have seen it. And, you know, Dr. Fox, like anything, you know, has people's perception. Uh, I've got mixed reviews from the people that I know and respect, friends and family like they've seen the movie. And they, and they some of them liked it, some of them, you know, and, uh, you know, you know different, they, they different views. But one thing, a couple of things, Dr. Fox, is this. Now, when you talk about, you know, victories, like you say, our people having victories or saying our people have been victorious, you know, it, it's, it's you know it's a different movie, but you can see some 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 similar parallels. Dr. Fox and Woman King, like I said, I haven't seen it yet, but from what you know, people different people have told me about it, and then the movie Django, which I'm sure you saw that too several years ago with Jamie Fox. And the reason I bring up Django, Dr. Fox, and Brother Elliot and Brother Richard, because my mother, who's a Christian lady, and she don't like she don't like a lot of violent movies, but it's funny because like, and it goes back to what you said that it's about how people. You know, when, when you see how people getting some sort of victory, do kind of make you feel, even if it's normally temporarily feel good. Mm-hmm. Like me and my mom, we watched it several years ago together and stuff. I was just surprised that my mom watched the whole movie with me. And even my mom was a Christian lady. She had me laughing because she was saying, damn, it was good to see to see black people not fighting back and to see Jamie Fox kill all those racist bigots in the movie. That's right, and cheering that them on. Mm-hmm. Exactly. She was cheering them on. And I chuckled Dr. Fox from some of us. I said, wow, I said, mom, you like this? She said, yeah, because you just get tired of our people with the begging and, and bowing down and, and, and losing. Ass, 
and losing mm-hmm. and stuff. Exactly. So I'm, she was glad to see, you know, James Fox get victorious over those, you know, people moving. And then she was definitely happy at the end when, 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 he, when he took out uh, Samuel Jackson for being the coon that he was in the movie, mm-hmm. you know. So it was just, it just made you just brought back so many memories. But anyway, Dr. Fox, you know, when you mentioned the Jews earlier and stuff, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm glad you used them as an example because, see, here's the people, Dr. Fox, as you well know, they, 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 they Jewish when it's convenient, and it can be white. They get, they get the best of both worlds. They get the cake and ice cream, too. Because if See, that's why I it, don't use them as examples, by the way. Well, go well, I, get, I got you. But, mm-hmm. but anyway, my point is that if you notice, if, you, if anybody knows this student of history, they have, have, a, they have a sordid history, when I say sordid history, of, of, of portraying black people in the worst ways and stuff yes. like that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The history is spoken. But see, you, but see, if you bring this up, you're called anti-Semite, and that's used to shake you up. Yeah, but just see, ignore that's that. That's a exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. You got to ignore and keep, and keep pushing. But see, mm-hmm. my point, Dr. Fox, is that we have got to get black folks that have courageous and got heart to bring these things up, because that's one of the main reasons why our people stay in the condition that we stay in. And when you look at this gangster rap music, you, and this is not no hate against anyone, just a fact. It's like if, I, if, I, if I'm looking outside my window, it's raining. That's not no opinion. It's raining. It's not, that's no, that's no mm. critical race theory. That's a fact. It's raining outside my window right now. So when you look at these gangster rap, many of those people that produce, produce that filth, Dr. Fox, that call our women B's and H's and N's and brothers call them It's made by these white Jewish uh, record producers. Right. And, and right. They, they right. put this stuff up. But see, they want you, they, but you can't do that to their people. They wouldn't allow nobody to portray their people and that kind of a nigga. But see, these ignorant Negroes let this stuff be happening. And that's like Brother Elliot was saying earlier about the consciousness. So when you look at the damage, consider, see, these brothers don't even realize that. When you see the violence, that's like, for example, I, I close with this Dr. Fox. When you look at the situation that just took place in Roxborough just the other day when, when a young man was killed. See, these brothers out here, they, they, they don't even realize how he's being programmed by this satanic mm-hmm. stuff that fill. So, 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 so when you constantly making songs that say, I pulled a trick, I pulled a trick, I killed a nigga, I killed a nigga, you're desensitizing, dehumanizing somebody that looks just like you. So any kind of dispute, Dr. Fox, that you have for sister brother, you're not even talking about conflict resolution. because you. So you let not even look at them as a fellow human being. He's just a nigga to you. So you got no problem waiting outside and lay for him or her to come out so he could blow them away. Cause that's right, well, you see, we uh, are trying to um, survive and uh, perhaps even thrive in a context of hatred um, that our uh, white oppressors have constructed. And yeah. that context of hate is uh, the ultimate um, objective of the context of hate is to murder, uh, particularly murder people, um, so-called people of color. Um, So we've been conditioned, uh, uh, black, violence on blacks, um, or against blacks, have been normalized by this white context of hate. And us trying to uh, survive in it and live in it, we've absorbed that normalization of, yes. of, of, of violence against blacks. So it's no wonder that we take it and uh, t- turn on ourselves, black on black violence, at the silent behest of our white oppressors. We, we yes. don't realize that, that it's at the silent behest 
of yeah. our white oppressors after centuries and centuries of normalizing um, of violence against um, 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 black people. That's why I said that whole worldview and value system is based on narcissism, greed, and violence. Um, yes. um, and you really can't have narcissism nor greed without violence. They're all, all very much in, intimately intertwined. So, but here, here again, it's just a description of of, of the problems that we are confronted with. Always the question has to um, be, okay, that's the situation. What are we going to do about it? And I'm saying that if if you're describing a mental dis- disorder, which I believe we are describing, then no what do you do with mental disorders? Um, you treat it. And I'm saying and the type of mental disorder it is is an addiction. So you have to treat um, um, these sicknesses as uh, as an addiction, and that if we, we could clear, detoxify our brains of this white, violent, narcissistic, greedy, um, uh, capitalist uh, worldview, you would see a change in our behavior, um, not only toward. Um, our enemies, but also toward each other. But, uh, but without that, that detoxification, it's not going to occur. So we're always going to be left with just going over and over and over again about what the uh, describing what the problem is. And, and, and Doctor, we, we're not we're not in, in disagreement. We, actually, we just might be saying it from a coming from a different angle. A good example, of what you just said is this: I was telling Elliot and, and Brother Richard uh, a few weeks ago when when that old hag died in England, right? This is from my family. My sister, she didn't know because, like I said, she my sister. I love her dearly, but she got caught up in the stuff because she was thinking that the queen was a good person. My neighbor, who was my, check this out, Doctor, and I closed with this: my neighbor, who, who's from Trinidad, Tobago, he was like. Incredible, he said. Joe, I can't believe you said she's a good woman. When I told about his her his, this again go like you said about being addicted to white doctor fact. And see, when you open, that's why I love when a person don't know anything and they open to the, 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 the learn. That's that's part of like you said, Doctor Fact, the detoxification. My sister was like that when I gave her this true history, the queen. My sister said, "Well, brother, I'm gonna research that." She said, "I didn't know that." She said, "I actually thought that she was a good because she was taught all her life that this hag was a good person." So when mm-hmm. I met my neighbor the same way, who's from Trinidad and Tobago, when I told him the sordid history of Queen Elizabeth and stuff, he said, "He said, brother, your eyes, I did not know that." He said, "You know, I grew up in Trinidad and Tobago. We came over here to the United States when I was about 14. He said, we always was taught by my family that she was a good one." See that's all. See now that I gave him a different view on it, now that can clear his mind, clear his right, nose. Right. Like you said, the fact of the case. So that's what it's all about. Like you said, that's, that's fact, what it's all about. Right. Uh, let me say two. Uh, addressing yeah. that in the book, sure. book on mm-hmm. page one twenty-eight, um, uh, I talk about. Uh, well, even before that, I talk about weapons, mm-hmm. the weapons that, that we could use in this process of detoxifying ourselves from this white world view. And one mm-hmm. of the weapons is the is a question. And yeah. that question being who said we need to start asking over and over again who mm-hmm. said. And when I deal with that um I'm trying to turn to that section. I can't right of who said 
I, I present a series of who said questions. If I, who has said I is more important than we? Um, you know, who said the African spirit? Uh, 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 um, uh, 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 who said that the uh, voracious selfie, selfie social media and ever-expanding I brands, I this and I that, are, mm-hmm. are all good and not just mere commodification and justification of pathological insularity and breathtaking narcissism? But another who said that I point out is who said the British royals should be esteemed rather than denounced <laughs> given the massacres and plundering their king uh, their kingdom is charged with in general whites speaking from a position of political dominance reinforced by massive ignorance assume they are speaking uh, obvious truths uh, um, uh, when, when in fa- fact, when in fact, they are only justifying their intentionally distorted worldview. So we need to, to start uh, wielding that weapon of who said uh, when we find ourselves enamored of someone like the Queen. Who said that we should even be interested? in uh, what uh, the British are doing beyond getting the, their foot off of our neck in, yes. in the Caribbean and around the world. But beyond yes. that, should we even be interested in what they're doing and their little, uh, you know, family drama? I don't think we should be. But, uh, but here again, the, the solution is detoxification of our yes. brains. That's the fox. I couldn't look that way. I closed, like I said, that fox. I don't have no comeback. I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more, Doctor Fox, because that's what it, that's what it's going to take, my brother. That's what it's mm-hmm. going to take. Well, Elliot, thank you for your time, you and Brother Richard and Doctor Fox. Thanks for the good information tonight, because our people need that, man. We need that the the, the, the cure to that addiction. Brother Elliot, you can put me on mute, and I'll listen to the rest of the show. Excellent show as usual. Thanks for your contribution. You're welcome, Brother Elliot. Dr. Fox, we're coming up to the end of another program. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. R- Richard? I was, I was just going to, as I, as I listened and, and, and absorbed the, the, what, we, what we developed tonight, I'm, I'm, um, paid, I'm looking at the preface, the preface. And I think, um, Dr. Fox, so I, I, didn't, I didn't understand you. Looking I at said, what? I was looking at the preface, you know. And, oh, okay. Yes, okay. And, and it says, Africans must focus on freeing themselves from white supremacy in all disguises or remain in great peril while relying on those who hate them to provide the basic necessities of life, subsistence, clothing, shelter, energy, safety, health care, and knowledge. And, and self-esteem, by the way, I, I, I should add, but go ahead. Mm-hmm. And, and as, a, as this discussion was about the film, it raised a question for me, and I'll just answer, you know, um, with that statement in mind, could um, films uh, itself do what that said? Could it free us? And I would have to say it don't. And I think this, this exchange in understanding what films. Not their films. Our films could play a role. Uh, but not their films, mm. right? But um, and 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 even that, you know, because imagery not, is an important part of just life in general. Right. The question just, is, so, who controls the imagery? 
is only one, and the tool is only one tool in 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 a right. in arsenal. That's that right. Be utilized. I but, agree. Uh, but in and of itself, it doesn't. And um, what what and whereas we're you know, so that's the point I'm making in relationship to. Um, I want to make in relationship to you know this film and all other films that we have to look at, and I think that came up in this discussion around how important history is, how important knowing what you come to the table and viewing these um, art art productions, um, what your mind frame is, um, how important being able to have that intergenerational um, transfer of of not historical knowledge is. All these things become important in freeing this this African self, um, um, as you say, African spirit. So I, I think that this, you know, in as we move through this here, decoding the woman king, I'm, I'm really you know, like kind of pleased of how the discussion, Elliot, how this discussion took shape because it really gets to some can say, you know, that thing of if you don't free your mind, free your mind and your body will follow. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's really where we are now. And that's, I guess, what I, my um, closing contribution would be. And could I add one thing, too, that, that in in this process of freeing our mind, uh, we, we have to, I, I, I believe, consider the fact that our minds are not a wastebasket or garbage can. Uh, our mind should not be subjected to any and everything. We have to be selective. Uh, um, we probably, as a people, uh, will not be on, on complete accord as to what should go in and what should stay out. But I think we are are, are on the, the same wavelength with regard to the need to protect our minds and, and filter what comes into it. Yes, especially, uh, and I agree with what you just said, Dr. Fox, especially moving forward uh, mm-hmm. in reference to our children, because a lot of these yes. things that are being put forth now, the critical race theory and, and monitoring the books they read, banning certain books, it, it's not geared towards uh, uh, us or, or, or generations ahead of us or even the generation right behind us. It's really geared towards the control of the minds of our children and their children's children. It's really geared right. towards the control of their minds. That's right. Where they won't be able it's to. It's a war for the mind. Yes. Where <laughs> they won't be able to balance these things out anymore. They won't oh, have anything to right. balance it with. That's right. That's right. Um, somebody just popped on. Maybe, Richard, you want to take this last one? Go ahead. Uh, 469, 469. Uh, hello. How are you all doing today? Great. Good. Um, I hadn't seen it. I plan on going to see it. But I need some information from you all. I need if you all could could give me uh, a couple of books or whatever that I can read to get a little background in um, as to what actually was actually took place during that time frame. Because I want to have more of a historical perspective as to uh, what actually happened. And then when I go there, then I can 
be able to tell what is live and what is memorized. From from a, a from a historical perspective, um, and this yeah, is, I mean, I'm I'm just looking for some um, some literature that I can read before I see it, I, so I, that I, I can you know yeah, go ahead. Yeah, wait a minute. Does that make uh, sense, Mike? Yes, uh, and, and and I probably um, I'll be overwhelming. So you know, to, to, but Michael Gomez, African domination. Uh, a new history of an empire, um, primarily dealing with West Africa. I think that that's a, that would help. Uh, also, um, and I'll mess up his name, Akinwami, which is A K I N W U M I, Ogun O G U N D I R A N, the Yoruba, a new history. I think gives the uh, helps like build the perspective of the kingdom in that period. Um, um, Paul E. Lovejoy, Jihad in West Africa, um, during the age of revolutions, um, sets up, you know, how um, the the point of the Islamic Jihad and relationship to the slave trade and, and, and the building and the uh, effect it had on, on before um, the, the Europeans getting to the coast and moving Africans from the coast and the whole setup of Oyo and, and Dahomey. And last, which takes a little longer, but I'm using this, the opportunity to be able to throw out there because I think we should become more informed about West Africa and the impact, um, for, you know, and of those civilizations, those ethnic groups, um, and, the, and that history of fatherless people, the the secret story of how the Nigerians missed the road to the promised land. Again, it goes a little to, from a little later, but it gives a fuller from the 1600s um, and the Islamic, those texts that I just read out from the Islamic impact of slavery, the Africans who become Islamic and, and provide a jihad, at the same time, America is coming into um, into being and and supporting a slave society, and the the context or contest between those in the middle um, region of the of that area and those at the coast who are moving Africans um, into um, the the you know slavery or what they call slavery or captivity. Um, those are the texts I'll play out. I mean, the Fatherless Child, um, Delagoon, um, um, Paul E. Lovejoy, Jihad in West Africa during the age of the revolution, um, the Yoruba history, the Yoruba, a new history, um, and Michael Gomez, um, the a- African domination, a new history of an empire in early and medieval West Africa. Okay. Uh, Is it fatherless child or fatherless people? Father, fatherless, fatherless people. People, okay. And you said Michael Gomez was African child. Uh, Af- Michael Gomez was African domination. Domination, okay. That will give me something. Thank you so much for that. Uh, that way, I'll be able to, you know, do my own research, and then when I go there, I have a a, a better. Perspective as to what's live and what's memorex. 
So, yeah, thank you so much. And by the way, Dr. Fox, I did read your book. It's very good. Thank you, so, sir. Spread the word, um, though. Mm-hmm. I am. Yeah, I am. As a matter of fact, I attended today in Houston. I'm in Houston right now, and I attended the Shrine of the Black Madonna, and I was talking to a brother today. He just called me this evening, and I told him about your book. Very so good. we're we're talking about trying to get together and have a, a basically have some type of discussion. And you know, I, I did understand. I do understand that your your book in those discussion book uh, groups they must be split separately with women and, and men separately and not together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay. let me Good. let me get off the phone. Uh, and again, I thank you all for your um, your hard work and your dedication and you know it, it will pay off because in the end we will win thank you so much and listen uh, okay. and, and keep listening because next week we're going to continue this discussion with uh uh brother kaba kamani he gonna be on talking about this and uh oh, approach, okay. approach it from a historical perspective so he he'll probably have some other titles you can also read okay what what i will also do because uh I'm going to engage these brothers and let them know about your your, your program, uh, uh, Elliot, and you know uh, bring them up to date as to what's happening because your 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 program and the guests you have on is excellent, and uh, people need to really realize that. So I'm trying to get engaged in that. We're going to try to have an intergenerational uh, discussion as well as male females on this on this movie. So that's one of the reasons why I want to get this information so that, you know, we can discuss it intelligently and um, move our young people forward. You said you're down in Houston? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Houston right now because I travel around quite a bit. Because um, last time you talked to me, I was, I was in Oklahoma. Yeah, look but, up, uh, look, look I'm up. in Houston right now. Look up, Brother Derek well, Muhammad. You're just the right person to spread the message. Very good. Look up, yeah. Brother Derek Look Muhammad, up. while you're down there. Who is that? Look up, Brother Derek Muhammad, while you're in Houston. Okay. I'll definitely do it. <laughs> just tell him that uh, I told you about it. Yeah, well, I, I'll look him up because I lived in Houston for eight years at one time. So. Oh, you, you know, probably I, already I, know him I, that. No, I, I don't know him. Okay. Uh, I was I was here. From eighty, from seventy eight to eighty six. Oh, okay. And then I moved. To, I moved to Dallas. I was in Dallas for for uh, twenty years, and I've been in Tulsa for like seven years. So, and and then between that time, I was back in the St. Louis area. So I've been around quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. All right. But uh, Derry Muhammad, I, I'll definitely look him up. All right, and call next week when uh, Brother Cobb is with us. I'll definitely do it. Talk to you. All right. Bye bye. Uh, 602, you'll be our last one. 602. Yes, yes, Brother Elias and Brother Richard, and good evening, Dr. Fox. Good evening. You know, uh, we have a pleasure to hear you, Dr. Fox, because you bring it um, cold duck. It's cold duck when you bring it. Now, I did buy your book, and um, I, I, I haven't started the, 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 the text part yet. I mean, the... Um, a question and answer part, but I did buy a book. And I say this, you know, your book should be adapted by every HSBCU 
by every university here in, 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 in Africa, black university, because we all need to be, uh, 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 you know, get from under the spell of being addicted to white, because it's a global phenomenon. I want to thank you, Dr. Fox. And thank you. Keep on keeping on, good brother. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for your contribution, sir. No problem. Dr. Fox, I want to thank you for being yes. with us, man, and it's always good to hear well, from you. Well, thank you for inviting me. Um, before we leave, you can give out any information you want, how people can get the book. Uh, you said you're not on social media, so you can't get that out. But right, yeah. Give uh, out any you information know, that you I, want. I, I talk about social media in my book, and I do understand the, the pros and the cons, but mm-hmm. um, I'm just not, not about the uh, that media uh, outlet at this time. Um, but yes, you can get the book Addicted to White, uh, The Oppressed and League with the Oppressor, a shame-based alliance at um, on Amazon.com or at any of your local bookstores um, if you just ask them to get it. It probably won't be on the shelf. You'll have to ask them to procure it. Uh, otherwise, you can once again get it on Amazon.com. Thank you, th- thank you, thank you, sir, for being with us, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, thank you. All right, bye now. Richard, I, I'm uh, uh, glad you gave that list uh, of uh, some of the books that uh, uh, the brother could read to kind of focus in on that particular area during that time. You know, I forgot about Professor uh, uh, Gomez. He was on the program with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, he was talking about that book when he released it, wasn't he? Right, right, right. Yeah, so um, I'm glad that you, you that, was, that was right on time. So um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's, um, you know, and I'm glad that, and this is the positive of the film, no matter where we come from it, um, these films, if we have these discussions and we are able to, you know, develop and build off of it. And balance it, yes. Deal, I think that that's, that becomes the critical point. Yes, you know, because you see images in the movie, and if you don't have a historical background, you just think it's it's always right. been there. Like when they were practicing, the, the women were practicing using the guns. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's no background. Let me, you got a, if you got a couple minutes, Richard, I, I just want to share this. And I pulled this up from the Encyclopedia Britannica. This is the information, so to speak. And it talks about the coming of the gun on the continent. Uh, it says in Africa, the Adel Empire and the Abyssinian Empire in 1523 to 1543, they wore both deployed gunpowder weapons during the Adel Abyssinian War, the first time guns were imported to the continent, imported from Arabia and the, uh, the wider Islamic world, the Adelites were the first African power to introduce cannon warfare warfare to the African continent. The Portuguese Empire would supply and train Abyssinians with the cannon and muskets, while the Ottoman Empire sent soldiers and cannons to attack Adel. The conflict proved through their use on both sides a value of firearms such as matchlock, muskets, cannons over traditional weapons. Now, Richard, 
Um, you see from this that they were first introduced to the mm-hmm. continent in right. Arab conflict, but Europeans introduced them, and right. in, and Indo-Europeans, which was these Ottomans, they right. introduced them and taught the people how to use them. Right. Now let me go down a little further. Rising quantities of guns are associated with the increase in the slave trade. As major powers such as Dahomey, Benin, and Asante stepped up their conquest to feed the insatiable demand for human bodies, guns were important trade items to Africans in the decades prior to 1800, usually paid for in gold. Introduction of firearms had an enormous impact on slave gathering in Africa. Flintlocks, which were more reliable than matchlocks, sparked the first big wave of gun sales. The absolute smoothbore muskets of this type were being exported to Africa even up into the 19th century. The psychological impact of guns in night and and dawn attacks favored slave raiders. Favoring slave raiders was significant in slave catching. Flintlocks could also be loaded with shot, wounding and crippling victims rather than killing them outright. The connection between the gun trade and the slave trade is described by the Dutch director general in 1730. And this is a quote by him, Richard. The great quantity of guns and powder which Europeans have brought have caused terrible wars between kings and princes in these lands. Mm-hmm. And it says, uh, who made their prisoners, prisoners of war, slaves. These slaves were immediately brought by Europeans at a steadily increasing price, which in turn uh, was animated again and again. And these people renew their facilities in hopes to gain easy profits it makes them all forget about all sorts of pretexts. Let me jump down a little bit. The Dutch themselves were exporting over 200, over, excuse me, over 20,000 tons of gunpowder every year along the Gold Coast by 1700. Along the region, English and French and other traders competed hard with each other to supply African customers. By the mid-18th century, 400,000 guns were being exported annually to Africa. Such sales helped stoke conflict and generations of captives for slaves. Seeing all the wars on the continent in the modern era, no, I'm sorry, the Portuguese and Angola also sold and distributed firearms as they sought to stoke wars among various African groups and peoples so as to generate captives for slavery. Part of this policy was to play one African group or internal faction within a group against another. And the direct hire of mercenaries, such as the Mbegala, to raid and seize captives for transport on board Portuguese ships to the Americas. Hired African mercenaries was also essential in colonial expansion, in the 1600s, for example, the Portuguese hired Mbigala mercenaries to wage war against the Dogo Empire. This campaign and many others in the region not only aided 
colonial conquests, but profitable, profitably generated hundreds of thousands of slaves for transport. So, Richard, we see the, the hidden hand behind all of this stuff. And, you know, this same blueprint was used when they came here. You had Native American tribes, just like mm-hmm. any peoples. They had they had disagreements with one another. But it was never like the foolishness that they created here. They started supplying, after, you know, when they started taking, quote, unquote, Indian lands, they started supplying some Indian tribes with weapons, with guns. Mm-hmm. And the others still had born arrows. So this really caused internal conflict among Native Americans. But the loser at the end was all of them because you see what has happened. So this formula wasn't just, he didn't just use it on the continent. He used it when he came here. He used it in the islands. He used it in South America. He's using it on a lower scale in these neighborhoods now. Right. We don't make these guns. We don't supply these guns and weapons. But they, every time you look, somebody got one, even little children. Yep. This is a formula that he has used on our people. And you just as then, you got people that worked along with him. Whether you want to consider them traitors, Uncle Toms, it's just a name for them. And they still exist now. They're still working right along with the system. We talk about it here on this program. If it, if nobody does anything, we can't expect nobody to do anything about this but us. And the way we can do something about it is become aware of their tactics and what they're doing. I just want to throw that out, Richard, in reference yeah. to what the brother yeah. said. And I think the other brother, Timothy, mentioned that he wasn't aware of, you know, mm-hmm. what was necessarily going on on the West Coast of the continent. Yeah. That movie, if you remember, Richard, it starts in, I think, 1830, I think. 1823. 23. But, mm-hmm. you know, Richard, by that time, that slavery had been going on on the continent for almost over, it was over 300 years. Yeah. We know what happened in this country in a 300-year period. The, the uh, initial inhabitants of this land was almost wiped out. And you see what happened to our people here. So it was a lot of damage happened. It was a lot of psychological damage and physical damage that happened in a 300-year period, all orchestrated by Europeans. And some of our weak leadership that went along with it. I just wanted to throw that out there, Richard. Yes, yes. Before we go, <clears throat> let me uh, just go over the lineup one time for an awakening. Uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, African Perspectives with Brother Oshi. Always interesting topics and dialogues on African Perspectives. That's Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. On Tuesday, nine, uh, uh, 8 to 10, Black Reality Think Tank with Dr. William Rogers. I understand Dr. Rogers has been under the weather a little bit, so his program wasn't on the past couple of weeks, but he'll be back doing Black Reality Think Tank. That's Tuesdays, 8 to 10 p.m. Uh, on Thursday, uh, Mississippi on the Move. That's the Black Liberation Movement down in Mississippi. Brother Patrick Lumumba is the host. That's from 7 to 8 on Thursday. On Friday, 
Time for an awakening is back from 8 until, and on Saturday, from 7 to 9, the elders of Sankofa with Brother Alfonso Watkins. I want to thank everybody for listening to the program this evening. Lively discussion as always, and we'll be back on Friday, Lord willing, to continue on this path towards an awakening. Peace. Peace. If you're driving through the country on a lazy afternoon Or you're watching your children playing after school
Thank you. 